to Mostly Film, your one-stop chaotic shop for all things in the world of cinema. I'm one of your hosts, Jonathan McCorder, joined by my beautiful co-host, J.P. Patton. Hey, what's up? You didn't say Peyton this time. No. Nope. That was also my best film reel flicker I think I've done in 33 episodes. Really? Yeah. That was a good one. You've had much more. No, much no, better. Well, no, maybe more energy, but like in terms of actual sound being mm. true, no, that was dead on when we listened to it back. You'd be like, O-M-G, Becky, listen yeah. to that flick. Er. Mm. Flicker. Yeah. There you go. Um, I also have to point out that the, the energy is much, much different whenever we are at your place. Is it because of Luna? No, I think it's just the fact that you're comfortable on your couch with your blankie. Well, I also feel a little inconspicuous. It's not a blankie. It it's a giant, very warm fleece blanket. Yeah. It's very nice. Anyway, when we're outside, I feel like I have to tone it down vocally because I never know who's going to be hearing me. Everybody. Yeah. But you know, there's no, maybe because you just edit the hell out of these things. There's no background noise. I never hear the air conditioner kick no. on. I don't hear that dog barking in the background. This ain't mostly focused. Yeah, I know. Listen, I go back and sometimes <laughs> I listen to those. They're, they're bad times. So, but you know, we made it. Sorry, Tanner. Yeah. Um, so what have you been up to? Uh, did we miss it? No, we just missed a day because we just missed Memorial a day. day. So we're coming. We're actually recording this on a Tuesday. Yeah. Um, Maybe not be any different because I post them not, on yep, Wednesdays. Yep. Anyway. I try my best, guys. I try my best to get them out there. Sometimes I forget, but most well, times, sometimes I'm slow on re- yeah. doing the timestamps because I have to then listen to it and then. Yeah, but um, because of Memorial Day and us obviously having family stuff, it was just easier for us to push it off and uh, record a little bit later. So. And you got to watch another movie in the meantime. I, I did. I, I actually got to watch a couple other and movies. And I watched another movie in the meantime. Yeah. So, so we both got some new. You watched some productive. oldies and I watched a newie. Very productive. Um, so yeah, I've been good, man. It's just been, you know, kind of got, honestly, I, I said this a few weeks back. Um, I kind of got out of uh, a movie. Um, a movie feel like wasn't wasn't watching well, you were in a funk you yeah, were in I was a in a funk, funk. Yeah. yeah in the past I was in a funk this was just more like I got over um invested in some TV shows and I've I've since uh recentered myself mm-hmm. so you movies. did it you did a good like, every time I'd go check your letterbox like oh man he's watched some movies this go around oh, man. and I did too I'll watch some movies so we actually got some movies to discuss so we're gonna go light on news stories um and we still have a few a handful and a handful of trailers but we got some movies to discuss this week some new some old uh so we won't, I won't waste any more of your time. Besides, I would do want to plug here. I did buy a Jedi Survivor, the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. Yes. I'm a fan. It looks great. It plays great. Um, obviously, Xbox Series X, where games live. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. And next on deck for me is Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So got to get into that one. Yeah. Next, so. yeah you, need to, you need to carve out like a full week for that one. And that's when I'll launch mostly gaming. And I'll give my <laughs> impressions for... Tears of the Kingdom and Jedi Survivor. And hey, hey, June 6th. Yeah, I don't know. Next Tuesday. Yeah. Diablo 4. Which has been getting some great reviews. Yeah, I know is. you're a Diablo guy. I've never played one in my life. Oh, okay. But you're, but you're going all in. I'm going on this one. Okay. Um, The reviews look great. Um, And everybody said it's the probably the most easy... Like if you've never played a Diablo game before, yeah. this is the one to play. Not yeah. just because of how good it is. It's just like it's like they made some tweaks towards the most the mechanics of the it. mechanics are yes. more universal for everybody. I've, I've tried to play it in the past, and it was way too over, like I'm I'm just wasn't for me. But I feel like I've gotten more acclimated to games yeah. like this. So I've, I did the I've isometric view for me wasn't it? Yeah, the, the god POV. Yep. But now I'm used to that in some other games I've played, and like they've streamlined kind of the inventory systems and stuff like that, mm-hmm. so it's not as overwhelming. So I was talking to Kyle, and it's crossplay. Okay. He's, he, 
well, because he has a guy he plays with on PS5. Yeah. And I, I play with him on Xbox. So I think he's going to buy it for PS5 and cross play. I might buy it. So if you want to buy it, we can squat up. All right, you heard it here. So maybe we'll start a Twitch channel, mostly mostly gaming. That's the way. I'm going to let you handle this. This is the way. (laughs) Anyway, um, so that that was just my little little plug there for what's going on. Um, So we watched some trailers today. Um, I'm not sure these are all the best ones that are out in the world, but some of them were pretty good. You want to start in this order, or do you want to start with a particular one? Uh, I say let's start with... God is a bullet and go from there. Okay, I didn't know if you're going to say there's a Jackie Chan on the ballot. You start with Jackie Chan. Yeah, let's start with that one because I think there's, I think there's, (laughs) yeah, it's definitely the objectively worst of this group. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, Hidden Strike is directed by I can't remember the guy's name, but he's the one who uh, directed the Expendables Four and Need for Speed, which the Expendables movies are all what they are. You know, I have a good time with them all. They're but still seem a little bit better produced than what this is yes and need for well i was gonna say need for speed with aaron paul was not very good did not enjoy need for speed um but so the director is kind of i'm kind of i would not even say one for two because syllables four is really hard to just rate a director but uh so the, the, whatever his name is he's directed hidden strike and it's jackie chan which i thought he retired from acting uh personally because i haven't seen yeah. the movie in a long time and i just thought i'd read something about that he had retired but guess not and john cena and then the dude from Game of Thrones, Theon's like uncle. The one that shows up in season yeah. seven, the last season. No, no, eight. he's in it before then. No, he's in it Maybe before season then. six. He has a big story arc in season six and seven. Yeah. I think he shows up actually so in season five. But this this isn't reassuring. I'm not even finding it on What, Letterbox. Hidden Strike? Yes. Was it titled something else first and then maybe changed? I don't know, but type Mm. in uh, Jackie Jackie Chan or The Expendables 4 go to the director. That'd probably be even quicker to do The Expendables 4 because Jackie Chan has a ton of movies. But The Expendables 4, you just filter and go to the director. Anyway, so I'm kind of surprised to see John Cena in this movie because the movie doesn't look very good and even the comedic beats don't look good. It's an action heist movie about it's set in the near future with warring oil companies trying to take back or ravage the land. And, you know, you know, I'm sure it's a geopolitical message, like how to blow up a pipeline, yeah. but Jackie Jan's take on it. So, and Jackie Chan and John Cena are your agents going to take it down. So it's got a little bit of fast and the furious, but the bad ones, it's got a little bit of, you know, I don't even know the medallion. Yeah. Uh, and then, just camp to the max. Did you find it? I did. Uh, so, what's the Greyjoy's name? It is Plow Askback. So Plow pl- Askback. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Pilau, I, I guess is I how you. Palo. Yeah. P i l. Oh, I didn't know. I can't see it. Pialo. P i l o u. How would you? Plow. Pilu. Aspic, Pilu Aspic. I don't know. It's obviously uh, Aspac. We got that. Regardless, yeah. we're gonna call him Greyjoy. It's either Dutch or Swedish or yeah, it's very Nordic. Um, no, but apparently, do they have a synopsis? This, uh, yes. When a China-run oil refinery is attacked in Mosul, Mosul, Iraq, a Chinese private security contractor is called in to extract the oil workers. He learns, however, that the attackers' real plan is to steal a fortune in oil and teams up with an American former Marine to stop them. There you go. 
Yes, this so movie take was John Cena's Marine. But this movie was originally called Project X slash Traction. Extraction. Oh, that's terrible. Yes. Hidden Strike is somehow worse but or the, better. But it was weird because it like it the title starts out like the trailer starts out with sometime in the distant in the, yeah near in the, future in the near future yeah, I felt so like they should have had that guy like the over the top voiceover from the 90s well it, yeah it felt very dystopian yeah in a bad but in, in a, a bad way in a very bad CGI yeah. nothing but green like, screen yeah you know, they didn't even try you can tell they're in yes. front of green screens half the time here it looks terrible but I'm gonna like it um, uh, not yeah. like a good it's gonna be like a solid two star film for me probably yes. maybe you get some. You get some classic Jackie Chan. You know, one liners. You know, like well, and that's the scenes. thing when you're when you're doing a trailer, you put in what you think are some of the funniest bits, and yeah, they open that was with not promising. They open with the seatbelt bit with John Cena, and he's raging trying to get the seatbelt on, and Jackie Chan's like, "Do it slow, yes, in the hole, yes." And I was waiting for another add-on joke, but we didn't even get the in the hole joke to follow yes. it up, so. This has no promise no outside hope. of just being a nice VOD. Maybe drink a couple of these Monaco tequila sun crushes and yeah, call it. This will be a one and a halfer for me. So we'll uh, we'll we'll see. But you could do worse, probably. I don't know. But uh, what you what does look, look really good on the other hand? God is a bullet. Yes, that is that is some good action right there. Yes. So it's first of all, there was a little nice little surprise I was not expecting. Oh, no, no, never mind. I was, I was going to. I'm a Virgo. We'll get to that. I was going to say Walton freaking Goggins. No, but You got ahead of yourself. Yeah. We got Niccolo. Uh, he he, he might have been in this. I don't know. What, what is Niccolo's last name? Uh, Coster Waldo. Coster Waldo. Yeah. For, with Jamie Lannister. Yeah. Um, And then you got. Um, you got Jamie Foxx. Yep. He's got the Michael Jackson going on. What do you call that? Vitegelo? I guess so. Where, you, where your skin turns white. Yes. And then the girl, is that uh, the girl from um, the lead girl she's in? Uh, she was in <sighs> It Follows. A movie I watched. What's the girl's name? Uh, Micah? Yes. Micah Monroe? Yes. She was in that The Watcher, but not the Netflix one, the foreign yeah. one that was first. Yeah, Watcher. Yeah, and she's, she's in another movie that came out. Villains. Yes. With Bill Skarsgård. Loved that film. It Follows. Loved that film. And she's in one that came out this year. They got really good reviews. Hot Summer Nights? No, it's a horror film. Last week, I saw a film. As I recall, it was um, a horror film. I don't know. Here it is. You can look at it. Yeah. All right. Let's see. It follows. No, no, no. No. It Maybe is it, it's How to Be Alone, maybe? Or Significant Other? Okay. But either way, it was a horror movie. Yeah. Um, regard, so God is a Bullet, it takes place, Jamie Lannister's daughter gets kidnapped, right? That's the vibe I Correct, get? Correct, yeah. By a satanic cult. Um, and his goal is to get him back. And it's like, and he uses uh, Mikkel Monroe, Micah Monroe's um, character, used to like escape this cult, apparently. Yeah. And she's trying to help him get him back. And Jamie Foxx, he's not a cop though, is he? Jamie Foxx, I, I don't, I don't think, think so. he's a cop. Uh, but I don't think he's part of the cult either. I sure it wasn't Greta. No. It's a horror. It's not this year, is it? Like 2020 or 2018. So it was something that new newish. Okay. Maybe it was a series. Okay. I don't know. It probably was. But um no, this looks really good. It also looks super creepy and disturbing. Look, it's gonna be pretty um perhaps some pretty heavy elements to it. Uh like 
I don't know. This looks. This is God is a bullet. Is me all over. It's gritty. It's violent. It's culty. I told JP it, it gives me like if prisoners like the Hugh Jackman, Terrence Howard prisoners had a satanic lean to it. Uh, I kind I kind of get that vibe to it. Yeah, because well, what was the um, the show? The following? No, True Detective. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. You, you know, Season he, one, he True goes, Detective. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew McConaughey's character mm-hmm. is like goes deep, deep undercover and is like basically just just doesn't get out of it like his his mind never comes out of that and um nikolai's character goes he infiltrates mm-hmm. this cult to yep. try to find it and um yeah it gets it gets pretty crazy it looks pretty quick yeah um, I'm, I'm in for god as a bullet <laughs> yeah i i will watch this i don't think i will love it um it seems like it'll be a little it, well it seems like it'll be very campy um into the whole satanic side of it which is yeah if it's done know. right it's done like i think of like the green room yeah love the green room yeah it's got the satanic vibes to it um with patrick stewart and uh aaron uh he died uh can't, anton alec and i can't okay remember, but he yeah. was in it um you ever seen the green room i have not oh, green room's real good uh, real good more. one um but no yeah, yeah i, I kind of gave me prisoners meets the green room vibe so i, I i'm all in on this one I think it looks. I think it looks really good. And you know what? If the satanic thing isn't your thing, and you need something a little bit more chill, might I suggest to you the Miracle Club, Oof. which is the next movie that we <laughs> get trailer we'd watch. Kathy Bates, and Maggie, Maggie Smith, Smith, and um, what's the daughter's name? I don't remember. It was the daughter uh, uh, Laura Lenny? There it is from uh, Ozark or yes. the Truman Show. It's Laura Lenny. I'm yeah, pretty sure it is. Um, Stephen Rye. So here's the thing about Laura Lenny. I think maybe we discussed it on a podcast once. She plays an insufferable character in almost every single thing she does. Yeah, she's got a, she, she's got, got a bit. She's got a she's got a face for it too. Yeah, she does. It's like it's pretty, but I'm a bitch. I will cut. I will <laughs> yeah. castrate you and shove your balls down your mouth. That kind of face. Yeah. So, um, which if you watched Ozark, it's not that surprising. Did you yeah. ever watch it? I never finished it. I will. That will be one that I watch. Yeah, and finish that. Yeah. Uh, there's been very few times I've watched a TV show and gasped out loud. That one was one of them. So, uh, but no, Miracle Club, I'm not a really still 100% sure what it's about, but like the music, the lighting, the way the cast talks, interacts with each other, feels so incredibly lighthearted and uplifting. You can't help but be like, wow, I need to see this movie. And they're like, for me, I'm not going to like it. Yeah, I, I think this will be a feel-good story and I'm not overly interested in it but i mean when was the last like great kathy bates like movie that you watched that's been out recently recently i don't yeah, remember it, the last kathy bates and i feel like you know it's misery watching her in it it just doesn't feel like i mean i didn't realize kathy bates has been so old now she, mean, she looks, looks pretty old in some of these and yeah. i i i mean if she american horror story actually maybe the last thing i saw kathy bates in that was like really good in yeah, and that was television. And Maggie Smith looked like she was actually ready to die. Yeah, during the I know. Movie. She looks um, like that as Professor McGonagall too. She's like ninety. She's old. Ninety-two, maybe. Does it show on there? No. On Letterboxd, you have to wiki that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, every time I see Maggie Smith on TV, I'm like, I mean, I don't mean this offensively. It's like, how are you still alive? No joke. It but, is. It is crazy. But yeah, it's like these women go to like Maggie Smith and Kathy Bates and another girl. They go to Scotland and. T- t- they sing, like audition for something, and then they get called to go to Lourdes, which is apparently in Scotland as well. It's not our local hospital. It is. Um, 
No, it's in, in France. Oh, it's in France. So a town Are they in, it's a town in France. The um, letterbox. She's actually 88 years old, so okay. she's not 90 just yet. Um, but for yeah, so they're three close friends who have never left the outskirts of Dublin. Um, so Ireland. So yes, much less Ireland. Get the get the journey of a lifetime. Um, a visit to Lourdes, the picturesque French town and place of miracles. Okay. Yeah. So that's Laura Lenny plays like the estranged daughter to one of their best friends who died. Yes. And now she goes on this trip with them and they hate her. So it's a story about rekindling and reconciling and forgiveness and spiritual and mental healing. There was, um, you know, the, you know, book club with Diane Keaton. Yes. This gives me that vibe. I don't care. Like, yeah. I don't care. I'm not going to watch this movie. I'm going to be honest with you. You might. Like, are are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Yeah. Great reviews. Yeah. Great reviews. People love that film. Judy Bloom, man. Yeah. She does calendars, right? Calendars? No, she wrote children's books. Yeah. We don't don't know this because we grew up in Christian school. Yeah, we weren't allowed to read Judy Bloom. But for public school kids, like Judy Bloom. I had Adventures in Odyssey. Very important. It was it was very important. Like instead of like the sex talk, people just gave Judy Bloom books because apparently that was the thing to do. It's not Junie B. Jones. That's a book, too, isn't it? I, I don't know. I can't type fast enough to find these things out. It's fine. <laughs> uh, next trailer? Yeah. Uh, let's do the last actual film of these, and then yeah. we'll go to the accidental series. Which, this this one's been out for a minute, but I well, haven't I seen, seen it. I've seen a trailer for The Master Gardener, but it wasn't this one. So That trailer had been out for like a month or two. Yeah. Uh, it's The Master Gardener, Joel Egerton, and Gory Weaver. Uh, it's the newest Paul Schrader film, um, which... I, to my knowledge, have seen two, but I know he has more. Paul Paul Schrader? Yeah. Um, I've seen The Card Counter, Light Sleeper, and I feel like I've seen one more of his, but... uh, Same for me as well. American Gigolo. Um, No, I ain't seen American Gigolo. That is a good one. So, First Reformed. That's it, with Ethan Hawke. I've seen that one. Yep. Uh... But no, the Master Gardener is like Joel Egerton is a former. This is another one that's undercover. Was he a white supremacist or did he kill white supremacists? I think he was undercover. Okay, so I he, hope he was undercover. Yeah, so he's like this undercover, like uh, trained killer. Yeah, and he's working for Singori Weaver, taking care of her daughter, or like watching over her daughter. Yes. and he's like this trained assassin, and like stuff from his past keeps popping up and haunting him. Looks like where he's at. So he's having to like help. Looks like mentally reform to harp on the first reformed this daughter, and now he's having to also protect her from people that are coming to get him. Um, what's the synopsis? Uh, Norval Roth is a is a meticulous horticult horticulturalist uh, who is devoted to tending the grounds of a beautiful estate and pon- and pandering to his employer, the wealthy uh, dowager dowager it's a weaver. Yeah. Yes, uh, Mrs. Haverhill. When she demands that he take on her wayward and troubled great niece, it unlocks dark secrets from a buried, violent past. Okay. So he's a really good gardener, too. Yes. I thought that was all a front, but apparently not. Um, well, it, it's it's obviously a coping. Like, it, it's something that he has taken on to cope with the trauma of whatever past yeah. that he had. Um, this looks amazing. And I can't believe I hadn't, like, seen... Or heard, yeah. So any this, of this showed somewhere not some point this year, and the reviews are mixed on it so far. 
Oh, uh, right now it's it's got a three point two on Letterboxd. Yeah, see that's pretty low for what the trailer looks like for me. Yeah. Um, it still looks like something I'm really gonna like. I told JP when we're watching. I hope this is more the card counter and not Light Sleeper, but I'm honestly getting a fair mix of both, which Light Sleeper is Willem Dafoe, um, and I liked it, Yeah, but I didn't love it. Light Sleeper and freaking um, Susan uh, Sarandon. Sarandon. Sarandon, yes. Yeah, Sarandon. Susan Sarandon, and then uh, who's the third build in that? Uh, Dana Delaney? No. Um, the guy. Vincent oh, Garber. Uh, no... The David Clinton? No, is Vincent Garber in that though? Vic- Victor Garber. Victor Garber. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that one. Light, Light Sleeper is good. I'm not trying to say it's not good. It's just not as exciting as like the card counter. So I'm hoping the Master gotcha. Gardener can like walk the line between the story Light Sleeper told and then the explosiveness of the card counter, which the card counter is also Willem Dafoe, but you Oscar thought, Isaac. You thought card counter was explosive? At times. I love, I love card counter. Like, don't get me wrong. It, it, but that was the compared, slowest, slowest, slow burn I've watched in a while. Well, compared to Light Sleeper, yeah. it's explosive. All right. So, and the first Reformed isn't even the similar film, so you can't, I can't take that one on there. But no, it looks really good. Uh, Joel Egerton sounds like he's drunk, though. That's the only thing I didn't love. His voice sounded like he was just a little drunk the whole time. Um, yeah. So whatever choice he made for the voice, hopefully it'll grow on me. But, you know. Most supposed to. So, but no, I'm, I'm excited for the Master Gardener. And Paul Schrader is obviously a very famous, well renowned director. So I have faith, especially with the cast he's acquired here. I'm sure it's going to be good. Um, and it comes out this year. Does it have a release date? It comes out next month, I thought. Oh, I want to yeah. say it was like June 12th or something. That's like just that. a couple weeks. Yeah. So that's exciting. Uh, the last one is actually a series I thought was a show. It's called I'm a Virgo. It's coming on Prime, um, which Prime is on a, on, on a run right now. Did you ever watch The Consultant? I did not. I ended no. up binging that in one night. Loved it. Prime is the one service that, well, outside of like Paramount, I never think to watch anything on there. There's some good stuff. The yeah. Jack Reacher, or Jack Reacher. The Jack Ryan show is good. Reacher is great. Is that on Prime too? Yeah, Alan Rickman? Yeah. Alan Rich, Rick, it, Rick, Richter. Richter, yeah. Freaking amazing. I haven't watched that one yet. That's I know a good that was a Prime one. one too. I thought it was Prime. Uh, But The Boys. Yeah. Um. I tell people this all the time. I mean, you can go back and listen to about eight episodes ago. We talk, break down the streamers, but <laughs> yeah. Mad Dogs, one season, one of Amazon Prime's first ever shows they streamed. So Steve's on, Billy Zane. Yeah. So yeah, freaking good. But anyway, uh, this show looks, it's about this 13 foot black kid um, who basically doesn't want to be, like his whole life has tried not to be exploited, but now he kind of, his dad is Mike Epps. Yeah. And Mike Epps, you know, warns him about people are going to, you know, the novelty will wear off. Should you put yourself out there? Well, he puts himself out there and he gets like this cult following, like literal cult following people who think he's like this big 13 foot black Messiah. Yeah. And then Walton Goggins character out of nowhere comes into play as this like white knight with like long hair and these superpowers. Yes. We have no idea what the, uh, premise of, of his, uh, but like purpose to the show is the moment he took his mask off and it was Walton Goggins <laughs> yeah. like I'm all freaking in on this show but between Mike Epps Walton Goggins plus the general absurd premise of it uh, I'm a Virgo looks like it's going to be a must watch I think it's said June 11th or 16th or it's, something yeah, like that soon. it's super soon so that, that'll be a quick watch for me so I recommend checking out that trailer if you haven't seen it uh, are you going to watch that? Uh, probably not because again, I never think about Prime series. It has nothing to do with the show. It looks, well, you should watch the looks, consultant. That was a good. It one. looks interesting. I'll probably watch. 
I'm getting way too invested in TV shows right now. We can talk about it later, but um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna try to watch stuff but not overcommit. Yeah, I get it. Um, so that's it for our trailer roundup. Um, so it brings us kind of to what we've been watching. So for me, I see I watched one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies just go around yeah. and one a couple episodes me and abby started succession together so on this yeah podcast so happy yeah my dad listens to it sometimes yeah i was like, I'm oh, trying, I, Lynn. Trying. I, was like I didn't know that he goes i just hear you cuss sometimes i just <laughs> i can't listen to it i look at him disapprovingly sometimes lynn yeah Don't it's worry. okay um but anyway, so I, I watched a few, and then you watched a handful. You watched one, two, three, four, five. five. Yeah. Um, and two of them were very last second. Yeah. So when you have a couple shows. And we had a little bit of overlap, too, so we can have a little bit of discussion. Yeah. Did you put these in order how you want me to talk about them? No, no. I okay. just went I just went through order of whenever you'd watch them, because, you know, I got to... You hear... <laughs> Grief, Luna. <laughs> Dude, that's Snoring. colored up to me every night. <laughs> <laughs> like I have to like put my knuckle underneath her in the middle of the night and like rotate it so she'll wake up. She needs a sleep apnea mask. Yeah, something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I watched uh, quite a few. Um, these aren't in any particular order. You know what? I'm just gonna start with my. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with how I rated them. So I'm gonna start with my three stars first. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna start. Let's start with the one we mutually saw because one of them is a three star. Okay. Let's start with To Catch a Killer. Yeah. So we talked about this weeks ago on the podcast, um, maybe even a month ago, uh, with Shailene Woodley and Ben Mendelsohn, um, about like the su- guy who goes on a shooting spree during like a New Year's Eve or New Year's celebration with fireworks and stuff like that, and shoots a bunch of people. And Shailene Woodley's character is—I'm just telling you the plot of the film now. Yeah, is a beat cop who goes up and kind of follows the FBI up there and sees it, and that's where she gets noticed because she's like the only cop to I have the wherewithal to think about recording people. In the trailer, we're led to believe that it's a big deal that she's showing interest because... That she might be a suspect. Because she might be a suspect or like she also has this troubled past that might lead her... Because the uh, Ben Mendelsohn character basically calls her out and is like, you know, your report, your your profile or whatever basically fits that of the people that we're trying to catch. Yeah, and then they don't like touch on that yeah, at all. Yeah, they don't the touch... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, so... She's just basically the street cop who hates her life, aspired for more, but because she did drugs back in the day and is very bluntly honest, she got denied to be in the FBI. So they really hyped that up in the trailer and didn't really expound on that at all, um, which is kind of disappointing because that would have elevated the film maybe a little bit. Uh, Not a lot, but yeah. a little. But, it, you know, so the, the the movie follows the shooter and she gets noticed by Ben Mendelsohn because she has some decent ideas. So she starts working with the FBI as like a special consultant. And, you know, there's a couple other shootings that happen. They get close to the guy. There's like some governor in the town that really wants him to like just close the case and have a sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Kind of throw on it. But Ben Mendelsohn's character is like the kind that like, I don't care if I lose my job. I'm going to find this guy. My yeah. own reputation. So there's, there's your brief synopsis of the film. The reason it's a three star for me and not a three and a half, because it was three and a half for me the majority of the way through. Yeah. It became so political in its messaging, like anti-gun, mental health. It was too on the nose. I was like, oh my gosh, I get it. Guns are bad. Like that whole message to the last, the last 30 minutes were just like a PA, a, pub, a PSA for like I gun control. Yes, I, I agree with you, but I didn't think it was um, like that wasn't the issue. It didn't feel, 
it felt like that was the message because mm-hmm. there was nothing else to tell. Yeah. Because, because it, it was almost like the movie ran out of road. I agree. And like it was like, we're going to, we're going to expound. We're like, we're going to, you know, just over, I, I, I don't know how to, how to explain it, but because you have to, you would have to watch it to really understand because it becomes very clear. Like they reveal who the, who the killer is. Mm-hmm. I feel like way earlier on and you, you even have a confrontation with this person. And even from that point on, so like the, the cabin scene on. Yeah. Like it was just pointless. Yeah, it was, and that and that's when they hammered. Like it was an underlying theme the whole time, and it was done fine. Like I mean, yeah. a little on the nose, but then like the and like the up to the mall, like the mall shooting scene was yeah. great. That was intense. I enjoyed yeah. all that. Well, enjoyed. You know what I mean. The, the action in this movie, although seemed kind of low budget, I felt like was very gruesome. It's it, and the reason well, I think partially because of that is because it's real. I yeah. mean, like it's the Las Vegas shooting, mall shootings happen all the time. It's it's extra potent because it's it happens all the time. So yeah. I think that's so that, part of it too. So that message th- that message feels even more kind of in your face because it it's almost like they didn't say it well yeah. enough by sh- actually showing yeah, someone they, get they shot they in did. the face. Like it was there without doing it, and yeah. then the last 20, 30 minutes of her just like I literally, gotcha. literally like a Congress announcement. Re- Shailene Woodley's conversation with him was so on the nose. I just couldn't deal with it. Uh, and like the other thing. Like the, and then they like had the proud the air quotes like the MAGA proud boys the country boys they had that standoff yeah, three, in yeah three percenter type yeah thing. like that was just a Antifa slash proud boys spinoff like all of that's fine but that last thirty minutes just made me like put retrospect the whole film and I dropped it a half star because of that last yeah. thirty minute well, monologue I at one point I th- I thought what the movie was trying to tell me is like yeah you have all these different stereotypical like categories of, of people that you try to blame these types of thing on like like that the the government will try to blame on the media will try to blame yeah. but it's really you know the just population like just overgrow and just people getting tired of, of one another and just wanting some peace mm-hmm. so um, the killer in this film ended up being like a man who was like a mentally disturbed of course um, some of it being childhood well, injured yeah, mentally, yeah. He was shot Right by high powered pellet gun. Right? Yes. Yeah, and all, and then had a very neglectful yeah, father. And from that like. spawned the trauma and abuse, and yeah, and you know, and he was just a, a failure of the system in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like there were some really good story beats. Yeah, I like Ben Mendelsohn's character. I that was the main reason that this movie turned me off is because Ben Mendelsohn was the most annoying I've ever seen him in a movie. I liked I liked him though. I didn't like it. It yeah, felt I, I, it felt overdone because because in the se- because the Shannon Woodley character I hated his I hate the way he talked in this film though. Yeah, that yes. I thought he I I was it you I said has he had a stroke? No. I think it was Dawson cuz yeah. yeah it was cuz I was telling about the soon like I liked the movie all right. Or I liked it. I said but Ben Mendelsohn I said I loved his character, his story. I liked the character he played, but the way he spoke in this film sounded yeah. like somebody who like it, when my grandpa had a stroke, that's how he talked. Felt like, like he was trying to push an accent, yeah, which that kinda. was that was another thing that I I didn't understand where they were at. Yeah. I thought they were at Boston for at one point, but it ended up being Baltimore. Yeah. And they never fully explain it, but Yeah. Uh, the Shane Woodley character couldn't be in the FBI because she obviously had this drug addiction, but she was also abrasive and quick tempered and all this stuff. Yeah, While at the ben same Mendelsohn. time, Ben Mendelssohn's character is snapping at her. I'm like, yeah. are we trying to say something about like 
female, like like women's opportunity in the workplace. But then he was men's. also a gay man. So yeah, he, like, yeah. I know, the messaging I was know, all man. over the place too. I know. <laughs> that was part of my issue. They were so, I feel like it was trying to say a bunch. And two of the people who were the most interesting characters in the film, they didn't expound upon. Uh, the guy who played McKenzie, I don't know if yes. I'm butcher's name, but yeah. Jovan Adepo. Yeah. Loved the brief time we got with him on screen. We'll love to see more of him. And honestly, Ralph Innocent, who played the shooter, Dean, also yeah. thought he was an interesting character. He's a strong actor. I would have liked to have He's seen an, more interaction amazing. from some of the other characters. But this is mainly a Shailene Woodley, Ben Mendelsohn, uh, you know, back and forth, the whole film. It is. Yeah. And I think it suffers because of that. I think you expand a little bit more, let some of these other people have a play and then cut. You can have the film, the you know, two hours are probably a little long for what it was. Yeah. This probably should have been, you know, about an hour and a half, probably. Be about right. Or maybe no. an hour 45. Either way, something to cut, be cut out of there. Yeah, maybe. But overall, it's not terrible. You could do worse. Uh, 3.6 seems a little high on Letterboxd for it. Well, that is because uh, the Spanish viewers are loving this uh, because the director, the director is yeah. uh, an Argentini- Argentinian uh, director um, and they are just ha- have you read some of the reviews no you just just translate those up man and just just give it give it a read it is I have one of his films on my watch list the wild tales yeah like, th- that's his most uh, like that is his more critically like well-known I guess movies yeah it's on my list to watch this year yeah um, but, but overall yeah, just, yeah it was it was just very okay yeah. It was okay. I had some interesting thoughts, some interesting premise, a decent cast, but just I think they just made some weird uh, directing choices. So uh, I, I can't say I don't recommend it, but also don't recommend it. I would I would agree. Um, this is definitely probably a pass unless you're just got bored. nothing else to watch. Yeah, and even then, I found myself distracted. I played a little bit of my Disney game at different points. Yeah. So um, another film that I feel like so they're both three star films. But this one, to me, it has a way lower letterbox score, but I think it's a better, more enjoyable film. And that's The Machine. Uh, so this is a Burt Kreischer. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Yeah. Kreischer, Mark Hamill, Jimmy Tatro film. Uh, Tatro. And it's got a 2.9 on Letterboxd. I gave it three. Um, I'm not overly familiar with Burt Kreischer, okay? Uh, I know him from being the shirtless guy on TikTok and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, I went and saw the eight o'clock one on opening night, which was uh, an extra 35 minutes longer because the first 35 minutes were the live for streaming to all theaters from the red carpet of his premiere. Oh, so it was all, like there were no seats at the bottom. Obviously, those were those were empty, but it was almost a sold out theater. Yeah. For this. And people were. Apparently, this dude has a rabid fan base. Yes. Burt Kreischer. Yeah, he, like, not just like. He, like I mean, he loves been, this man. He's, he's, a, he's a well-known comedian. He's been around forever. Um, not just TikTok fame. Yeah. Like he, well, like, I've never seen him until TikTok. So. Yeah, he, he's, he's, been, he's been around. But he's an instantly likable guy. Yes. Like, I love this dude now. Like, I, like he's coming to St. Louis. I kind of want to go see him. Yeah. So, but he's got Tiffany Haddish with him. I'm not a big Tiffany Haddish fan, mm-hmm. so I don't know what to Understandable. But anyway, um, so this is his film, and it's based on his, like, super famous, his viral the machine yeah the where when he was in he yeah like in college that you know he accidentally it infiltrated was a, it was the a Russian story mafia. yeah in a stand-up bit that basically was not true yeah 
I don't know much part of the backstory. It, yeah, part Apparently of part true. of it is true. Yeah. Part of it's not true. Well, this is the full telling of it. Uh, some And like some of it is extra truth. Some of it is more fiction. So, which is the, some of the best stories of that way. You get yeah. to choose yourself. Um, That's why I say it's based on a true story. Yeah. It's going to be extra- yeah. not extrapolated. Or should be maybe inspired by true events. Yeah. <laughs> that would be even probably more loosely. But no, this film goes back, harkens back to like the early 2000s comedies. Like people were just going to the theater to see a comedy. You what? It wasn't going to be anything that blows your mind, but you're going to have some solid laughs. They didn't care if it succeeded or failed at the box office. It just was what it was. The Machine definitely very much feels that way. Like the humor in the trailers is the same type of humor throughout. I don't feel like they front loaded the trailers with anything crazy. Like, I don't feel like, you know, a lot of times you go see a comedy. It's like the only funny parts are in the trailer. Like they do that with action films too. I did laugh a lot in this film, but I also found myself checking my phone periodically, seeing what time it was. And this movie's only, well, no, it's just under two hours long, which is part of the problem. This, this is This has a 90 minute comedy written all over it, but it's not. Um, but, and like the opening, so Burt Kreischer's not an actor. Uh, he's a stand-up comedian. And the opening bit of the film was jarring. Like the acting was, I'm going to be honest, it's pretty bad. Probably like if I was to, went to go film a film, like a feature film, I'm sure my acting would be bad. Oh, yeah. But like it took me a solid 10 minutes just to get past how bad the acting was. And then I either just went numb to it or it got better. But... Do you think it's possible that that was intentional? I don't know, but it wasn't good. I heard it. I heard it was the uh, oh, shoot, Mark Hamill show. The Mark Hamill show. Yeah, I heard it was very much like Mark I Hamill disagree. made the show. I actually thought really? Mark Hamill wasn't great. Yeah, <laughs> I know people have been praising. I've read some of the reviews about. Oh, Mark Hamill was great. And I want to... I'm going back to Star Wars, Tom, when we did our Star Wars yeah. interview. Mark Hamill seems like such a fun guy. He's, I'd love to be friends with him. He's campy. His acting he's in this so, is so oh, hammy. Hammy so Hamill, man, going back to it. Yeah. And this film is no exception. Well, listen, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. And, well, then this you're not going to find any solace here for Mark Hamill. Like him and Burt... I thought him and Burt were on the same acting level. I thought Jimmy oh, Tatro no. maybe was the best actor in this film. <laughs> um, so that's, that's a statement. So, yeah. But no, this is a... This is a family dramedy. Shockingly has more drama beats than you would expect. It's yeah. a comedy, obviously, first, but it, you know, a little more heartfelt than I was expecting it to be. Um, hell of a story. Uh, the fact that some of it's true is just absurd. Yeah. Uh, the I will give the girl, Iva Bobic. Uh, she plays Indina. She's probably one of the main. She probably has more screen time than Mark Hamill. Uh, she was really good. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't seen her or anything before. She she was really good. And then uh, the guy who played Igor, Nicola Durico. Do you watch Stranger Things? Yeah. You know, the pilot who takes them into Russia. Yeah. He is one of the gotcha. supporting characters, too. He, he was pretty good. Overall, it's a very likable film. Like, it's not the funniest comedy I've ever seen at all. Not even close. But it's likable. It's lighthearted. You can't help but not like Bert. Uh, as you watch it, he's yeah. he's a ton of fun, and his energy just jumps off the screen. And Mark Hamill had really good chemistry with Burt too, uh, but his, his his acting just once again just just didn't get, get didn't get there for me. But uh, 
it was a fun time. I had a, I had a fun time with the machine, and I think I liked it enough that I would buy it. Because I, I gave it three stars, but ultimately, if I go to a movie and I laugh a handful of times, yeah, that's a win because it takes a lot to make me laugh in general. Uh, when it comes to movies, so I I think the machine is good, and I I think supporting comedy in a theater is good anymore, and I think Bert's the guy to go support. So. Yeah. I give the machine an endorsement over to Catch a Killer. Okay. So they're not, both those three stars aren't created equal. I probably will not watch it because, again, that's not the type of uh, humor I go for, but, yeah. you know. Had actually go a few decent it. action sequences in it. Really? And the violence that was in there was pretty good. It wasn't like overly fake. No, it kind of gave me bullet train vibes. Some of the bullet Ooh, train yeah. type of kills in there yeah. and lighting. I almost and went stuff. back and watched bullet train. I'm ready. To, I, I could do a bullet train to watch. <laughs> I'm telling you, that one, it just bad timing, bad release timing. Yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, you give me one. Yeah. So we'll hit one that I know that you watch so we can kind of talk about it a little bit more now. But I finally watched the Super Mario Bros. movie. Mm-hmm. Um be honest, I stretched this out over a couple days trying to watch it just because... That I, never I, does a movie courtesy, courtesy well, either. I feel like I spaced it out at the right time. So, like, I watched it up until, you know... First of all, the decision to make these... I know this is this movie, the target audience is, like, 8 to 12. Yeah. Um, But the decision to make them, like, live with their parents... Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even have an issue with them starting their own plumbing business and their dad, like their family business being a pizzeria, even though it's super stereotyping, mm-hmm. even though we're not going to cast an Italian for the movie, whatever. <laughs> like, it, it, it is, it's whatever. Um, movies meant Which, for kids. Which, I got to give the Mario's dad casting credit. It was, yeah. Well, because they actually got yes. the voice of Mario to do the dad. Yeah. So. And they even had the dude at the at the machine. Um, Giuseppe? Yes. Yeah, he's also. Yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like dressed up in the like the OG like Mario costume. Yep. Um, listen, if you like Mario, like you Which like I'm the a, games, I'm an avid game yeah. There's Mario all guy. all the Easter eggs are there. Because um, yeah, like you did say, it's definitely market. It's an Illuminations yeah. minions, all vibes all over. Right, it is for kids, but they did put enough in there for like the sixty year old grandpa who's played Mario his whole life. Yeah, that you can find some enjoyment out of it. Yeah. No matter how if you if you've played Mario like beyond just the basic one time off like you're gonna find something to grasp onto and enjoy in this i unashamedly like the the very first like big scene whenever they make that first like call um and that does that scroll with the dog no leading up to the dog when they're going there and it does that scroll of them walking like going through all the obstacles and everything oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i was like man this is kind of nostalgic yeah that that, that was the first tip for me that's what like like, honestly that's what kind of hooked me for the whole movie, mm-hmm. knowing that I'd have those kind of moments. Um, overall, though, um, Anna Taylor Joy. Uh, yeah, what do you think of Peach? Not, not great. Peach is kind of hot in that film. Peach, though. like I like what they did with Peach. I kind of wish now they would make a game that Peach like was kind of like a playable character. Yeah, um, Super Smash Brothers, baby. Well, yeah, actually, but, I don't know. You can play it certain Super Smash Mario Kart, but. Um, yeah, I thought overall though that was that was it. Um, Whoa! He, did it hit you? Have you not taken a sip yet? No. So the Monaco Tequila Sun Crush 
is just Monaco Tequila Crush. <laughs> Goodness. Take, take those slow. Whoa. <laughs> that is a lot of tequila heavy on the front end. We got a lot of pod to go. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah. anyways, Super Mario Bros. is, is okay. It's what just you think okay. Of, who, who was the standout voice casting for you? And I did mean, Chris Pratt bo- bother you? It, Chris Pratt did not bother I me. I didn't either. That was like way once, overdone. Once I, once I bought into this is a kid movie, these kids are not going to know any better. It was fine. Um, I mean, Jack Black's the obvious answer, but... Seth Rogen was Donkey Kong. He, I really enjoyed. I was going to say the Toad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Michael Key. Uh, Keegan Michael Key. He was yeah. great, too. Yep, I agree. Uh, for me, obviously, t- Jack Black is the best cast. Yeah. So we're going to take him out of it because universally everybody it's agrees obvious. he's the best casting. But yeah, I, I think Seth Rogen stole it for me as Donkey Kong. I loved him as Donkey Kong. It fit. Like, who yeah. else are going to get to voice Donkey Kong? Seth Now it's Seth Rogen. Like, yeah. that just makes sense for me. It was... And I didn't realize till just now that Fred Armisen did Cranky Kong. I didn't care for the Cranky Kong. Like no, the, I didn't either, I, but I, I didn't just realized care, it was I him. Care, yeah, I didn't care for the, the Bernie Sanders, like... Yeah, that's Meme the whole vibe. All. Yeah, yeah. They like, had going there for it. Fine. But no, as as a whole, you gave it three stars. I gave it four stars. So we have yeah. a whole star difference. I really enjoyed it. I I thought it was a ton of fun, and I, I'm super excited. Honestly, one of the best things they did in this film was give a nice feeler for a Luigi's Mansion oh, film. Yes, which they got to do. Yeah, like when he when the you know spoiler that would be a possible four star for me. Yeah, just on premise alone. Yeah. Yeah, spoiler alert, At the be- towards the beginning of the film, they get separated, Luigi and Mario, and Luigi ends up in this, like, haunted castle, yep. basically, with the uh, dry bones, yep. or sh- shy guys. No, it was, dry- it was the dry bones. Oh, dry bones outside, but the shy guys yes. kidnapping. Um, but you definitely get some King Boo vibes, and I honestly thought, for sure, we were going to see King Boo. Yeah, well, we see him at the wedding. But yeah, yeah, I thought we were going to see him in the castle or yeah. something, but uh, definitely a nice little... Uh, pilot yeah. test out there but no I, I really enjoyed super mario brothers movie i'm bummed you didn't love it but yeah I, I would rather have more of like i'm glad that this did so well it's like a 835 million no that's domestically i think it broke a billion i'm pretty sure it did worldwide yeah yeah uh because i would love to see some other like ratchet and clank Jack and Daxter. Nintendo, Nintendo's all in. Like that was the purpose. Well, yeah, Nintendo, I get it. But I I hope that Sony has seen something like this, or even Xbox with Rare, like with Banjo and Kazooie, some of those. Like I would love to see that kind of stuff. They did a Ratchet and Clank though. Was a Ratchet and Clank film? Yeah. It it basically is the most recent game. Not the Rifts Apart one, but the the I guess it was 2018. Oh my gosh, I remember that. Yeah, like it, it was basically the game storyline. Or it leads, the movie leads up to the game. How forgettable. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. I love Ratchet and Clank. I did too. But really, Sly Cooper. That's where, That would be awesome. That would be where it needs to be. But uh, yeah, no, Super Mario, I'm glad you finally did watch it because I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad you kind of got to see yeah. it. Good for Chris Pratt. Man's living a movies, best life. Movies like that are never going to get like a four star for me. This is like Puss and Boots, maybe. It's Puss and Boots. I did that. Uh, Violet watched a little bit of Shrek the other day. She really liked it. So that yeah. was a win. Uh, she's also really into Wreck It Ralph right now, which is also a win. Um, so I'll go to my next one. I watched The Polite Society. We discussed this earlier in the year when it premiered at Sundance, um, and it got pretty good reviews. It's sitting at a three point seven right now, and I landed at three and a half. Uh, so, this movie 
could have been a four, four and a half star film for me because it's got a bunch of different plots going on. And one of them is about this old woman who wants to be her son to impregnate a girl with the perfect uterus so she can clone herself and put herself and be reborn in her perfect skin. What? Yeah, right? Really? Yeah. Didn't get any of those vibes from the trailer. Didn't get any of those vibes to like midway through the film. Then they tell you that's what the ultimate villain plot is. And I was like, okay. If that would have been, if they would have done a weird sci-fi lean the whole film, this would have been a four, four and a half star. But that, that whole plot somehow didn't, it felt unmerited for the whole film. Yeah. So it got a three and a half star for me. Okay. Um, But that's like the ultimate crux of it. So it follows, I'm going to butcher these names. It's okay. Just say the act. Well, well, I feel bad just doing that. Well, you can't do the character name? No, I can. Yeah, just do the character name. All right, so Rhea Khan and Lena Khan. Those are your two sisters. They're the leads. Follows Rhea, or Raya, Rhea. She's the she's the first. She's the main girl. She's in school, like um, like yeah. a boarding school, private school. And her and her friends are like all she wants to do is go to move to Hollywood and be a stunt stunt woman. That's yeah. what she wants to do. Um, and her sister is like it used to be prim and proper, one of the smartest in her grade. Now is like an art school reject who just like smokes weed and hangs out and like doesn't care about fitting into society. But like her, their parents really want to be in like the soccer mom club. If, yeah. for an American standard point there. And these are, this is like an Arabic family, but it's all, they're all British. So yeah, that was a surprise. No, it's um, like, uh, I'm going to butcher this, so I'm not, I'm just going to, that's very common in, in uh, England. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. But, um, so long story short, uh, Lena, the older sister, um, who is just done with life, gets, goes to this party and gets hooked up basically with this guy named Salim Shah. And that is the daughter of like the woman, the lady, the head mistress of the school, uh, Rahila. And, you know, the sister's like, why are you, why do you like this guy? He's such a, you know, just a aristocrat loser prude. And she's like, no, I love him. It's love, you know? So the sister's dead set to find an ulterior motive. And she ultimately does find an ulterior motive. And there's all these crazy Scott Pilgrim versus the world style fights in this film. Just over the Is top. Is that a draw? Oh, yeah. Okay, it's a draw. Cool. Not, not a negative. They're, they're, and it's funny. This movie's pretty funny. Not like in a joke way, just like comedic timing bits, like slapstick almost. Mm-hmm. Pretty funny. Um, and like the fight scenes are just over the top. And like the co- if it gets nominated for anything, costume design definitely could be a nomination for it is wild you know how book smart got the praise that it did because it was kind of like this is the girls super bad yeah like the way that you describe it it feels like this could have been like a scott pilgrim no like yeah just without the seven x's yeah so i feel like there's definitely scott pilgrim versus world uh inspiration here yeah but no yeah and it's it's weird. It's hijinks. It's, you know, it's definitely a girl power empowerment film, but that's okay. Cause that's what this film is. I say that's okay. Cause I have some qualms with some other movie I'm going to bring yeah. up here later. Um, but that's okay with this film. Cause it, it fits and it's perfect and it's original and like, it's its own thing. Uh, and I love how I just now noticed on letterbox, the main title is big trouble, little sister. And it's, you know, big trouble, little China, you know, but, yeah. uh, no, it, it's a ton of fun. I, I really enjoy the plight society and, Maybe you now knowing that's the subplot is this weird cloning yeah, probably, rebirth. I feel like I would have enjoyed it better 
if I had known that going into it. You're but so like, thrown off by it. Yeah, it's it's a good runtime. This is 103 minutes. I actually feel like it could have gone another 15, 20 minutes. I, yeah, I would have thought this was at least a two and a half, two hour movie. Well, that's what's yeah. It feels like the, that's what I'm saying. Some of it feels unmerited a little bit. Yeah. Um, but no, as a whole, all the performances are really good. They're not. I don't even think this movie could easily have been a camp film. It's not like it's it's it's. Plot Society is a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. So when it comes, the thing that keeps a, a a camp movie not being camp is like good plot. So that's yeah. Reassuring. Like I said, and and the and the one plot twist about the cloning, rebirthing, like maybe the weird sexual relationship with the son. I don't know. Yeah. Just they tell you with like 20, 30 minutes left in the film, maybe thirty minutes left. And it's like, what? Yeah. Like they've been going to these parties, and when they walk in, they get their picture taken, but it's really taking pictures of their uteruses. Okay. And like he's like he's like the oh yeah that's another fuck the son of this lady has like a track record of his, of ex-girlfriends and that's because like when they're dating he experiments on them to see how their uterus will hold yeah. the re- the rebirthing of his mother okay it's yeah it's strange that then I said some, something about that didn't sit right with me but yeah. not because I didn't think it was neat just it didn't fit with the premise of the film yeah it kind of took away from it for me but it needed to be either all weird like that or more or stick to the root. But overall, Ply Society, I definitely recommend it. It's a fun movie. Okay. Um, you want me to hit one or yeah, go ahead. Well. Uh I watched one that came out recently. Um, One Day is a Lion. We what we did a trailer. Yeah, that was recent this too, like a few yeah. couple weeks ago. Um, let me hold on, let me pull this up because I do want to get I, I want to know how my boy Scott Can did. Dude, Scott 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 Can did. Freaking amazing. Good, because I, you know, there's a little cheesy show back in the day called Hawaii Five-0. Uh, really enjoyed he was it. was in that? The, yeah, with the, the show? Yeah. Not the original one, the yeah, reboot no, one. Yeah, no, the remake that they had. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I want to say Crew, he was a producer, so Scott came And how much is J.K. Simmons in it? Uh, not that much, but it's, it's like, it's kind of perfect. Because he's well, he's kind of just a cameo, but like an impactful cameo, based on what I could tell, right? Or is uh, it more than a cameo? He is the catalyst for what the story does. So basically, Scott's character um, is Jackie Powers. That's the, <laughs> main, that's the main thing I love. Like Gosh, the, the Jackie the Powers names on these, like Jackie Powers, um, Walter Boggs is the uh, the J.K. Simmons. Like these are like I don't know, very like vanilla name yeah casting like type things um which should be your biggest like cue that like don't expect a whole lot out of this yeah um like substance wise um i would say so anyways scott can is it con i think it's con actually yeah yeah c-a-a-n yeah um so scott con is basically hired to take out um jk simmons character walter boggs by um walter hobbs walter boggs well walter hobbs was uh his dad may he rest in peace character in elf walter hobbs uh so he's uh hired by uh frank grillo's character james Uh, con sorry i felt bad just saying his dad is james con yes that's sad uh 
But shoot, what was the... Sorry, my bad. I interrupted you twice because I thought yeah, Walter Hobbs, James It's the Kahn. worst thing you do to me in a synopsis of a show, man. Completely derails me. I was I trying to keep it simple, too. That, that's why it's mostly filmed. My mind is a constant People literally just, just hitting 15 seconds ahead, 15 seconds ahead, 15 seconds ahead. <laughs> no, no, they don't. They, 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 they sit there here for the chaos. So they're... they're One-stop chaotic shop, JP. Yeah, he's he's basically... If you watch the trailer, you know that uh, Jackie Powers is, is basically doing a hit on Walter Boggs um to get an attorney paid for his son because he has been arrested and you know is in juvie and is going to be basically he's going to be moved to a different facility where he's basically going to stay there um the um Jackie tries to do the hit and of course completely botches it mm-hmm. and chaos ensues I don't want to explain a whole lot of this because I do want you to watch this. Yeah, I will watch there it. There is not a lot to this movie. It's it's 87 minutes. Who's the other actor besides? There's three big ones. Who's the other one besides? Is it Frank Grillo? Yeah, Frank Grillo's in it and also... Of course Frank Grillo's in it. Taron Manning's in it. Um, I don't know how to say this name, but she looked very familiar to me. I feel like I've seen her in, in TV shows. Maybe. Yeah, not sure what. But yeah, she does look familiar. Um, but yeah, it, it's a must watch. I thought the the message of it, I thought was like in some of these other ones where it's been like in Catch a Killer, mm-hmm. it's talking about societal like structures and all this stuff. It, it just it was overplayed and and too in your face. Kind of rubs your nose in it. This was. Perfect. Like I rated it three stars because this is very much an independent film. It's a B movie for it sure. It is like low budget and didn't feel super low budget. It just I don't know. It, it was just very one layered. Um, but the the comedy comedic relief was perfect. I thought the acting was casted great. Yeah. Um. I mean, a Frank Grillo casting like. I like Frank Grillo, man. I know, but like if he's getting casted and like top billing, like you know what to kind of yeah. expect from it. Um, the J.K. Simmons just throws me off. Academy, I, two-time Academy Award winner J.K. Simmons. You have to watch it before next week so we can talk about okay, it. Okay, how well? Because I want to, want to do, I do want to have a discussion about it. But three stars must. I'd probably would watch it again. So okay, that sounds like you need to bump that a half star, maybe. No. No. no, it's where it needs to okay, be. Okay, okay, we'll, we'll 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 discuss a movie that I had on the three star line and bumped up last second. Last looks. Uh, this movie really was called Charlie Waldo or something like that. Uh, yeah, Charlie Waldo. Um, this is a char- 2021. Uh, Charlie Hunnam, Mel Gibson, Clancy Brown, Rupert Friend, Lucy Fry, Dominique Monaghan. Uh. And then Marana Bakarin, I can't, I've seen, she's in like a bunch of stuff, but you know, doesn't really, a lot of TV really. Um, it's, the synopsis is real short on here. The city is a bad place to be for a good guy. A disgraced ex-cop, ex-cop seeks solace by moving into the woods, but his quiet life comes to an end when a private eye recruits him to investigate the murder of an eccentric TV star wife. Uh, so Charlie Hunnam is your disgraced ex-detective. And Mel Gibson is this like a British judge Judy, basically. And his wife gets murdered and they're pinning him for the murder. And Charlie Hunnam was hired to prove his innocence. And Mel Gibson's character is very aloof, obnoxious, womanizer, 
not self-aware comedic kind of character, which I thought he was great in. Annoying kind of, but great in. Like feels like this would have been a perfect Hugh Grant casting. Oh it yeah, Hugh like Grant. Yeah, almost written yeah, for yeah, Hugh Grant. yeah. It feels like yeah. This is Mel Gibson doing his best Hugh Grant impersonation. <laughs> but Mel Gibson did well with it. Yeah. Uh, and Charlie Hunnam, I love Charlie Hunnam. I'm a huge Sons of Anarchy guy. So you know, Jack Teller's my life. You know, so I thought Charlie Hunnam was good in this. It's not his best film. Uh, if you want to see that, no, not not his best, but The Last City of Z or Papillion, Papillion, however you say that, Papillion. I'm not sure with uh, Tom Holland in them, but uh, you get a Dominic. Monahogan, he's in it yes. for like approximately two minutes. Oh, well, that's disappointing. Uh, and he has the weirdest accent I've ever heard him have. I mean, I ever. think that's just him talking. No, no, have no. Have you heard no. him just talking? Yes, yeah, it's, it's not. <laughs> you should type in like last looks Dominique Monahogan and just hear his accent. Uh, it is I'll odd. Later. Um, uh, yeah, I meant, I meant later. But no, this movie is good. Um, kind of like I, I feel like in the same way as One Day as a Lion. Like, yeah. You know what you're getting in for. This is like, I would call a high-end B-tier movie. Yeah. And like Rupert Friend's character, I would never know how you say his name. It's spelt friend, but I don't think it is pronounced friend. Yeah. Uh, it's like an unhinged at towards the end. It's weird, weird performance for him, but I liked it. Um, it's fun. It's a nice little mystery, comedic, a mystery comedy whodunit. It's a, yeah, there you go. Like a comedic whodunit. Like, yeah. I liked it almost just as much as See How They Run. And See How They Run had double the budget. Uh, That's wild. That's still wild to me. So I, I think Last Looks, if you're a Charlie Hunnam guy, watch I'm it. Just, I'm just a whodunit fan. Yeah, so, so you, you I, might like yeah. it. There are some parts I wish were explained better. Uh, and I felt it got a little rushed towards the end. But as a whole, I thought I had I had a good time with Last Looks. It's yeah. on Hulu, too. So... um you don't even have to try to find it anywhere crazy. It's just on yeah. Hulu. So uh, to say too much about it, because it's fairly simple, would be to spoil it. So Yeah, don't. Don't do that to um, me. Charlie Hunnam is pretty good, but Mel Gibson is very memorable in this role. I enjoyed Mel Gibson's character sure, a lot. Right. Um, and then, what's her name? Lucy Fry looked stunning in All this right. movie. So um, overall, I enjoyed Last Looks. Uh, I think you should give it a go. I'll give another one because I have yeah, you a couple more. So um, I'll go with a good person. So this is in theaters or was just in theaters up until like two weeks ago at Cinemark. This is Florence Pugh, Morgan Freeman. Uh, it's their new movie that came out uh, on like March 28th or April 1st or something like that. Molly Shannon's in it too, which I didn't know that that was a surprise. She plays Florence Pugh's mom, which is shockingly works. Yeah. Um. So this film's too long for what it is. It's over two hours. Uh, it's two hours and eight minutes long. Uh, Zach Braff directed, so you know with Zach Braff you're going to get a little bit of comedy, but mostly heartwarming comedy slash melodrama. Sad. Oh, this is the most the melodramatic. Most oh my God, that's part of the issue. It's too melodramatic um, in, in a lot of ways. But uh, let's start with the biggest celebration. Morgan Freeman is phenomenal and a good person. Really? I thought he was great. Okay. I I mean you've seen Morgan Freeman do because he's been in like a thousand movies. Yeah, you've seen him do a full range of characters, and I'm not saying this is anything that he's never done before. But like when I was watching this, like I don't think I've seen him exactly do this type of role exactly like this before. So I really enjoyed Morgan Freeman's bit. Was here. it like Morgan Freeman just kind of like being Morgan Freeman? Feel no, like? definitely not. Definitely not. So okay, um, like that's he's, surprising. He, he's mean and angry. That okay, and I don't get that a lot from Morgan that's Freeman. Surprising because I feel like he's getting. Like well, he's so, old. He's in his yeah, late eighties. He's, he's so old. Like, 
I watched. Um, and he Am- plays a grandpa in this too. So yeah, Amsterdam time. I guess was that it? What, what, what? That's what it was. Or maybe it was just Amsterdam. Armageddon Arma- time. Armageddon time. Jesus. With Anthony Hopkins. Arma- yes, that movie was very much just Anthony Hopkins just showing up and being Anthony Hopkins. And yeah. so that was kind of like... I would definitely say this is not that. Yeah. Well, that's encouraging. So, did, did, quick synopsis of the film. Florence Pugh is engaged to um, uh, Chinaza Uche, a uh, black man uh, who is also Morgan Freeman's uh, son, I believe. Oh. Yes. I don't think it's Grant. No, it is his son. Yeah. It is his son. And um, Florence Pugh is engaged to him, and he also has a daughter and her another daughter and her husband. And Florence Pugh is driving them to some play, and they there's a tragic car accident, yeah. and everybody but Florence Pugh dies. So, but not not her husband, but her uh, Morgan Freeman has two a son and a daughter. The daughter dies in the car accident, and um, Florence Pugh has a head injury, yeah. and she becomes addicted to painkillers and all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, the movie itself centers on she imploded her life because she couldn't live with the guilt of killing you know, her sister-in-law to be and, you know, her Nathan tried to stick with her, but couldn't. And Morgan Freeman has a lot of built in, uh, not retention. What's the word? Uh, resentment, resentment towards Florence Pugh. Cause now he's having to raise his wife's or his daughter's daughter, who's a teenager now. So he's having, he's a widowed old man, Vietnam vet in the film (laughs) who, Um, is down one daughter who died. Yeah. And then the son, you've turned to find out, has a really bad relationship with Morgan Freeman because yeah. of how he was raised. And so they don't speak anymore. But Morgan Freeman and her show up at the same AA meeting and they kind of rekindle the relationship. But then it's, you realize there's some ulterior motives on both sides. And uh-huh. it ends up being a very touching story all around. And I've found myself choking back tears at one point. So successful. Yeah. But it didn't need to be 128 minutes long. This could have been a hour, you know, I don't know, hour 45, two hours max. I know, I know I'm saying it's only an hour or it's just eight minutes over two hours, but that eight minutes you feel at some point. Most movies that could be described as melodramatic could have been like 15 to 20 minutes shorter. Yeah. That's this movie. Um, Cause it kind of loses steam in certain parts of the film, but, as a whole, I really enjoyed a good person. Three and a half stars. Because I was telling Abby, uh, we're talking about like three stars. Where I was like, three star means I liked it. It's yeah. a good movie. I'd probably watch it again. Maybe even own it. Three and a half stars means I really liked it. <laughs> like, I really liked it. Like, I definitely would watch it again. And when you get into fours, you're talking about like, hey, that's one of my, like, I loved this movie. And then or you go, yeah. then you're getting into Masterpiece past that. So, like, three and a half stars. I have a ton. All the movies we've talked about are three, three and a half. This has been a big three, three and a half week for me. But a good person, I de- it's got three point five rating, so I'm right on the yeah target for that. Um, Florence Pugh's great. Morgan Freeman is great, great in this. So I definitely recommend it. It's 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 a good it's a good film. Um, and you know you might cry. I got I got a little emotional. So uh, it, 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 it's a good time. Uh, just for just come for the Florence Pugh and uh, Morgan Freeman and you'll 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 leave happy. Okay. I could do that. Uh why don't you give us one more? All right, I'll do uh Kandahar. Yes. Yeah, do it. So I love Gerard Butler movies. All right. I think they're all fun. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a Gerard Butler movie. I was like, this isn't great. Maybe Chasing Mavericks. I didn't love Chasing Mavericks. 
but that was also not a stereotypical Gerard Butler movie. That was like a feel good surfer, father, son kind of thing. So, you know, that's not Gerard Butler to me. Um, even the bounty hunter I thought was better with Jennifer Aniston than that. But anyway, uh, I like the typical Gerard Butler, just shoot them up movies. And this is, this is basically the covenant light. Is it better than playing? No, they're both three and a half, but no. Okay. This has more story than playing. I will like it then. But it has doesn't have the same amount of action in it. Okay. So this the reason I say it's got a two point seven on Letterbox, which is about the average for Char <laughs> Butler. But um he has an interpreter with him that now he has to get out of Afghanistan because things have gone awry. For real? I'm dead serious. So I call it the Covenant Light. It's just <laughs> Okay. He has a bad series of this. Like Olympus ha- <laughs> Olympus has fallen came out, White House Down came out right yeah. after. Kandahar or Covenant comes out. Kandahar comes out right after. And there was another movie like that that came out not too long after. He's, he just has a history of that. Um, still, it's a fun movie. And it's not the exact same thing. But the movie focuses on Gerard Butler and an Afghan interpreter who has who's trying to come back and save his sister from Afghani. That's that a tough beat. Yeah, to go up against. Yeah, But as, as a whole, it was good. Travis Fimmel, which looks just like Charlie Hunnam. It just always blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, I loved his character, Rome, uh, Rome Roman. He should have been in it more. Um, but as a whole, you know, he, Gerard Butler is like the special agent. Um, he goes, he's like former MI6 and he took down an, uh, an Iranian, uh, Iranian nuclear underground facility. That's why he's over there. Yep. And he's supposed to go home and see his daughter's graduation. But Travis Fimmel's character is deep, 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 deep undercover over there. And like kind of he delays his flights and is like, hey, well, your flight's been delayed now. I did it. You're going to stay and do one more mission for old time's sake. So mm-hmm. he does it and he's supposed to go. Um, can't remember what it was now. Go do something over the border and things go awry that he gets made. And uh, he's now on the run and has to get travel 400 miles across the desert yeah. to if this is sounding familiar, stop me. Because that's what they had to do. Remember, he had to take him 400 yes. miles across the desert. He had to travel 400 miles across enemy territory, avoiding the Taliban, the Russians, the Chinese, and the ISIS. All but of them. I bet they didn't get doped up on uh, opioids like they did in the Covenant. I had to think about it, but no, they didn't. Uh, there is one really neat night vision scene in this film, though. Very, Listen, very clever. Like the the. I don't know the word, but like the overindulgent, like fight scenes, like war, like mm-hmm. feel that feel like it's kind of like in a video game. Like I'm all for that. Like yeah. in the covenant, like whenever they do the airstrike, that yeah. literally looks like it's something straight out of Call of Duty. Yeah, you get a like, lot of those in this film too, because yeah, they're monitoring them from up yeah. above. But no, there's this one scene, a pretty long <laughs> scene where it's, they're obviously driving through the night with no headlights on. So Jar Butler has night vision goggles yeah. and a helicopter comes on after him. They have night vision on, and the whole scenes are taking pla- place between the night vision you see, and then yep. like the interpreter and the other people the pastor who don't have it on, it's just pitch black, and you just see the flares of the lights and stuff. <laughs> so it was neat. It, it was good, but yeah. So now he has to travel 400 miles with the interpreter who has no combat. And this the difference is this guy has no combat training, um, and they're getting ch- chased by the uh, some Iranian special forces guy too. Yeah. So everybody and the mother mama is coming after Gerard Butler, and you know. It's just a Gerard Butler action film with a little bit of story to it. Um, I saw this in theaters. Um, I enjoyed it. Seen it on a big screen. I had a good time. 
but I also went and took a piss at one point. Didn't feel like I missed anything. So <laughs> if I go piss during a movie, you know, it's not like one of those movies you can't, yeah. you're not, you're hanging on every moment. Uh, but no, I thought it was good. Performances were good. The action was good. The plot itself, simple. But I mean, obviously it loses some points because of The Covenant just coming out. And The Covenant is a better film and yeah. very similar. So just kind of rolls reversed. But well, Game to Heart, it's good. If you like Gerard Butler action films, you'll like this too. Well, speaking of good, I might as well talk about probably my favorite movie that I watched this week. Mm-hmm. It's got to be uh, the uh, the Usual Suspects. Uh, this is a 1999 1995 movie. Our complicated uh, King Brian Singer. Yes, by Brian Singer. Yeah. What's what's his deal again? Uh, he's got scandals all over the place. I mean, yeah. I mean, he, he's he's done some decent uh, X Men stuff. You get the poor poor man uh, Regis Regis filming on here too. Oh, Chaz Palmetary. I never remember his what? name. I was always Regis filming, and uh, the Usual Suspects. He looks just like Regis. Gabriel? Um, Chaz? No, U.S. Customs Agent Dave yes, Cujan. Yeah, Chaz. Uh, yes. Um, he looks like Regis. So yeah, the movie basically revolves around um, these five... Um, oh, Benico Del Toro, baby. These five uh, fugitives, basically, um, that are called into uh, a lineup. Um, freaking, yeah, Benito, freaking, the accent that he chooses in this movie. <laughs> he he's pulls some stuff off. I And pulls out of the air. Yeah, you're going to have to rewatch this because, first of all, you don't have it logged. Yeah, um, I saw it in high school in my arts. <laughs> I watched this in school. <laughs> arts appreciation, junior year of high school. I can see that. Um. So this movie starts out like a basic, like oceans movie. Yeah. Like we're gonna, it's it, it the origin of like how these guys get pulled together and the obvious like character dynamics of them all. It's I'm all, funny. I'm all into it. I thought this movie was. If I remember right, I laughed a lot in this film too. But it's not like it's. I don't think it's meant to be. It it it's not meant to be super comedic. No, like, I it's agree. Just, it's just the character dynamics. That yes. these, these people have. Yep. Um, these people should not be in a room working together. It's almost like this film. Did you ever see the losers? No. It's like the losers took the usual suspects. Yeah. And made it a comedy okay. action. But the thing that like just sold me on this is how almost mythological the movie becomes Mm -hmm. and the ending is, is totally worth it. I don't want to spoil it just because I mean, it's been around since 95, but I feel like if I was trying to talk about it, it would just devalue it. But this movie for me, it's probably a top 10 for me now of all time. Yeah. Like I I would need to, I would would need to do a rewatch of it soon. Um, so to like see how it weighs, but I think just, you're going to have me, you're going to force me into watching a Kevin Spacey trilogy this week. Do it, man. K-Pax, this, and LA Confidential. Yeah. K-Pax, dude. I know. I've been wanting to watch it for a long time. I've never seen it. Um, but anyways, the usual sus- suspects, like if you like a 90s um, oh. like crime thriller, this is it. This is it for you. The tequila's getting stronger the further yeah, you go down, down there. slow down, bro. I'm not even halfway through it. It's a brutal. Anyways, um, yeah, watch the usual suspects. I think I'm gonna watch Casino too this week. Mm, Yes, it's got to. 
I haven't seen it in a very long time. I've been wanting to watch it. Um, I have one more left. How many do you have left? Are you uh, done? I've got one more movie. You go ahead and give that oh, to me. You ready? I I literally watched this an hour before I drove here to record. Yeah. Uh, I watched Hypnotic. Yep. Ben Affleck's new Ben song. Affleck. Freaking Robert Rodriguez. So I need to know first off out the gate. How was Ben Affleck in it? Because he's... People, he's getting the kind of a little bit of like coming off air. People love him as Batman now all of a sudden. I think here's my theory with Ben Affleck is I think he sits down for these pitches. He hears the, the idea of the script. I see a point of view that Ben Affleck could have had for hearing the script for this movie mm. and had been sold on it. It was like, yes, I'm, I'm good. Like, I want to do this. But when you get into production and you're making this movie, it, there has to be some point though, like you you figure out this is not going to be it. This is completely far fetched, yeah. and you kind of mail it in. You kind of mail in the performance. It kind of felt like that. Yeah. Um. Because I feel like in theory this could have been a good movie. This was if Inception was a funhouse mirror, like just funhouse mirrors. Like there are actual moments where it does the Inception like landscape oh, tilt yeah. overhead but it's all bad cgi like yeah. funhouse mirrors look to it that's not fun it's bad dude it's really really bad so you know how i like weird films you think i should still pass on this one uh you would watch this and probably give it three stars would you give it i gave it two no. i actually i want you to watch it just because and i won't i won't spoil anything yeah because this sounds like they're talking about it before the show it sounds like the so the trailer that we watched. Yeah, it is just that's the first five minutes of the movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so after that happened, I'm like, okay, what's gonna happen? And then it stuff was kind of obvious, but there were still like some some plot twists that mm-hmm. weren't that shocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're not even. I don't know how to explain. It. They're not plot twists. How's the just, ending stick without spoiling it? The ending. was effective but there are too many plot holes for what's actually why all this stuff is happening yeah um it's hard to overlook um let's just yeah yeah it's just it's it's wild it's okay. a bad movie i'll watch it i'm not saying i'll watch <laughs> like, it this week but i will watch it soon okay so uh okay that's a bummer though because i kind of want to see the thing it. is like it's already stopped it showed at cinemark for like two days it's already out yeah, um, it is, shoot, I want to say it's like 90 something, 92 minutes. This movie needed, for it to be like truly effective, for me to really understand what was happening, I feel like this needed another 30 minutes. Oof. I'm not joking. It it made zero sense, bro. You think it would actually made it better or somehow would have made it worse? It definitely would have made it worse, but at least there was no excuse for, for it. Mm. All I'm right. telling you, this feels like one of those where you get you you get rolling and you, you realize, man, there's the juice isn't here. There's yeah. no juice to this, and and you just kind of have to pack up. How pack was it the up. main villain? Because I've only seen him in like TV I, shows. Does he feel like a TV actor? Uh, kind of underutilized. Oh, okay. but again, I think you just gotta watch it. I'm not gonna spoil it. Okay, because maybe Ben Affleck is the villain all along. Maybe. All right. Well, you know what? I watched that at least made sense. <laughs> what? The Little Mermaid. 
It made sense. Yeah. That's surprising. So I want to throw some shade at Disney out the gate. Whoever's in charge of marketing. Yeah. Specifically trailers should be fired. The tra- the Didn't movie is so much brighter, vibrant, fun, and lighthearted well, than the trailer. That's the not trailers mar- look that's not marketing issue. That's just like what it takes to make these movies. The trailers look nothing like the film. Be- because like because it takes so much more time to render down all of that, all well, that graphic. Not, well, people were shitting on it for a very long time because of how bad the trailers yeah. looked. Someone should have done something different. Now, granted, I will say this. We are spoiled by James Cameron. Well, after watching Way of Water and then having to watch a movie that takes place completely underwater, it's not even not even close. Yeah, that was that was eight years worth of work. And even the wa- the real water, like in the Caribbean, for where they're filming, yeah, even though it was real water, <laughs> somehow looked fake to me. <laughs> I don't know, but it was real. Obviously, oh, I don't like in in Little Mermaid. Yes, in yes. The Little Mermaid, like the real water in the Caribbean, like Caribbean compared. water, even though it was real, still looks fake compared to James Cameron's water. So just go in there and just know that you're going to be like underwhelmed by the underwater scenes but to its credit it doesn't try to wow you with the water effects so it's it's kind of a they distract you with everything else to make it not so i mean i would hope so because like wasn't the wasn't the point to like try to tell more of that story on land like to to, to like expound less upon than it a little i thought bit? really but yeah so let me go ahead and start with the pros here because there are more pros than cons all right pro Haley bailey do i do I, I am not on the hype train that, oh my gosh, she's a star. Oscars are coming her way. After this performance, I'm not there. However, I do think she has a, she did very well here and has a promising future ahead of her. Yeah. So kudos. She was good. Uh, really pretty voice too. Um, thought it was similar enough to the original, like Jodie Benson's Little Mermaid. Yeah. It wasn't like Aquafina singing right over here. You know, it was, it was fine. Um, the guy who played Prince Eric also thought was really good. Uh, uh, Jonah Howard King, he was really good. I didn't vibe with David Diggs, Sebastian. Yeah. Um, I never, I got used to the design after a while, but I never quite gelled with his accent. Uh, the way up. I need to make sure I know who he is. Yeah, I never quite gelled with the way Sebastian sounded. It's like he was trying to do his best Sebastian impersonation. And I, I do think he had, I, I, don't, I don't know this, but I do think he does have uh, a dialect that may be similar to Sebastian. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not geographically apprised yeah. to know exactly, but it just felt like he was trying to mimic his best Sebastian, which didn't work for no, me. No, he's, he's an American actor, so in theory, he shouldn't have a, an accent. Okay. Well, then um, for some reason, I thought he was like. I'm not crude. a huge fan of him. I don't really like, know. Like, I don't remember. Like he's been on a lot. He does a lot of voice acting stuff. So he was in Soul. He was in Zootopia. Um, most well known, he's in Hamilton, oh, okay. which you have not seen Hamilton. No. Um, his character in Hamilton was probably my least favorite. Well, so yeah, you're gonna so, be you're probably yeah. gonna be out on Sebastian in general. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just didn't love the voice. It felt very like someone trying to do a Sebastian impersonation. So I what wasn't here for that. Aquafina Scuttle I actually liked better than Sebastian. So, you know, it is what it is there. Jacob Tremblay, who also like apparently aged like 40 years. Have you seen the pictures? It's wild. His flounder was annoying, but also kind of sweet because you really get to see 
how young he is, like a like a little boyfriend he is to Ariel, kind of in the films. Yeah. I kind of actually like the dynamic between Flounder and Ariel in this film better than the original. Yeah. Um, Javier Bardem as King Trident. People have been dragging him for his performance. It did feel phoned in. Yeah. Because we've all seen what Javier Bardem can do. <laughs> yeah. Or Bardem, I don't know how you say his last name fully, but yeah. uh, it was not terrible. It just felt phoned in. But what I will say for King Trident or Triton here, he has like seven daughters. Yeah. Asian. Like black, black. Yeah. Black. White. Uh, another ethnicity. I don't know who all he's been sleeping with, but King Triton got around. Yeah. What kind seven of message daughters, are we, seven daughters, seven different. What kind of message are we trying to send? And they all looked wildly different. That's so, amazing. yeah, I don't know how all the diversity and ethnicities work. Like they were similar, but that yet looked totally different. So, and I get it. They were different. They were daughters. Each had a C, the seven C's they ruled over. So I guess he knocked up a queen on each C and had a. Yeah. You know, those Greek gods, like they. They do their thing. Yeah. So, and I missed this in the original, like Ursula. Yeah. Is King Triton's sister? Yes. They definitely have sister-in-law. No, sister. Do they, do they go into that in like the the second one or something? Maybe. I don't, I've only seen the second one once, but, um, but with Melody or something, but, um, they really, they really harp on that. And this one's a big driving point of Ursula and Triton's feud. Um, there she's like the banished sister of King Triton. Yeah. Uh, which that brings me to my point. Melissa McCarthy as Ursula was fantastic. That's all. Fantastic, and her poor, unfortunate souls rendition. She was over the top, but you expect that from Melissa you McCarthy too. Yes. Yeah. And it, uh, I didn't love the transitional because it almost, in some ways, it's a play by play, like a, a direct play or recreation of the first one. Um, which was great, but a little off putting sometimes. A little bit, just because it was not the original. Uh, but Melissa McCarthy was just absolutely fantastic uh, in, in her role. So there, there's some celebrations. Um, I'm going to give a couple spoilers, light spoilers here. because They're not like key plot spoilers, just minor, minor plot spoilers. You get a lot more backstory on Prince Eric. Um, okay. I thought that was really neat. I actually really liked his backstory. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that part. Uh, there's three new songs in the movie. Prince Eric's is Lin one of them. Well, man, his was good. He did this. Lin Manuel, yeah, he was. I thought he was the one. Uh, I double check that, but there's a rap though. People are kind of dragging it's called Scuttlebutt with Aquafina. Yeah, it's not great, but it's kind of fun. It's a kids movie. You know, the kids are gonna love that. So good for them. Um, but Prince Eric's song was good. I think Haley Bailey either had one. Yeah, you know, Haley Bailey has an original song too, and it nice. was good. Um, it's like after she gets her voice taken away, it's she's doing it in her head as she's seeing all the new things. Yeah, uh, it was it was interesting. So I thought the original songs were all at least memorable. The one I didn't like was still memorable, but Eric's and uh, Ariel's were really good. Yeah. I thought. Um, so I thought those those choices were 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 pretty good. Um, so, and like the stuff they kept from the original movie worked still. They didn't change it drastically. Yeah. Uh. So if you like the Little Mermaid, all the songs for Little Mermaid, you'll like them again here. They're yeah. they're fine. Well, I mean, come some minor differences, but as a whole, they're they're fine. You get a Jody Benson, the original Little Mermaid. She has a cameo in it. Really? So, mm-hmm. and, and a little Caribbean market scene. Um, that was nice. So overall, mostly celebration wins. 
However, and this is where I start to have issues. This is already, and I'm happy, genuinely, you've already changed a lot. Obviously, just I'm just going to state the obvious. The Little Mermaid's black now, right? Fine, who cares? Uh, there's a whole generation of kids now that's going to be the Little Mermaid. That's fantastic. People get to see representation. That that's matters. That's important. What I don't love is... How, how well do you know the original Little Mermaid? How well do I know it? Yeah. I mean... Do you remember how Ursula dies? And if you don't know Ursula dies, then I'm not I'm apologizing for a I spoiler. Mean, yeah. I mean, doesn't... After she... Right? She gets real big. Remember, turns yeah. into real big. And then Prince Eric rams a boat into her. Saves yeah. everybody. Yes, yes. I remember now. Well, in this movie, Prince Eric is dying, hanging on ropes, and Ariel steers the boat into Ursula. Saves the day. Okay. I didn't like that. Why? That made me mad. Girl power, man. Girl power's fine. Like, polite society worked. They just gender flipped that to make it a feminist empowerment moment that didn't need to be it. They made Eric a helpless little, helpless little boy. But Chivalry's not dead. That was a pivotal yeah. part in the movie. Showing that, like, hey, you love somebody, you sacrifice for them, which is still the case, but because it's, it's, it's still, that's happening. But it, that made me mad. Of all the weird creative choices I mean, they mad, did. Mad's a strong word. No, it made me mad. I looked at Abby and said, that pissed me off. Did Abby agree with you? No, but she didn't like, she got it. But she, yeah. she, 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 she gave it four stars. I gave it three and a half. I don't know. I didn't love that. I'll have to watch it to fully understand, but I think you might be over-exaggerating. No, I've <laughs> thought about it too since then. I It goes back to Disney's just, they got to change everything to do whatever. I just, I wanted my boy Eric to have a moment. He just never got to have the moment. So now, you know, I and I get it. Back in the day, yeah. Disney was men save the day. Okay, right? so if we're going to talk about Disney and like this, what you're saying, like the role repurposing. Yeah. The one that got it best was Frozen. Yeah. Well, let's, why don't we table this for Thursday's conversation? Okay, yeah, we can talk about that. I say we talk about this on yeah. Thursday. No, let's do it. So you get a little sneak peek. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about... We'll, we'll, we'll talk about some... A little bit of this. A little bit of this, a little bit of some other stuff that oh, got yeah. in the same vein. So let's just do that because I think we're going to get real into the weeds on this okay. we do for now. So Little Mermaid, overall... Star. Th- no, three and a half for me. Oh, yeah, sorry. Three and a half for me. Um, But I do, I do actually recommend you go see it. And as a dad now to a little girl, yeah. I'm glad that... I'm 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 comfortably I'm good with her this being her Little Mermaid as she wants it to be. So I know a part of me will always want the original, the animated one, yeah, to be that, and that'll always have a place. You know, it's a different it's a different film. So, I mean, it's the same film but different. You know, um, but for a live action Disney one, this is one of the better ones. So yeah. awesome! I was surprised. I think I said I was going to give this film like two stars based on the trailers, which I still hold. The trailers compared to the film, terrible. Uh, I I think that is a digital effects production yep. issue so yep so being rushed uh overall i recommend it and i had a good time with it awesome um so do we want to talk about some tv real quick real quick we, need to hit we can't we can't go into too far of it because i'm watching i know but i just need to say succession yep fantastic show i'm four it is, episodes it is in. a it is a mount rushmore tv series too early for me to gauge that and i am all I'm gonna, it will take this. It will take this first season for you to realize it, and then be bought in to what is to come. Um, Succession just wrapped up. Um, obviously, no spoilers. 
for yeah. Jonathan's sake. And everybody's sake. That's, but, that's a hot topic right now. But I have kind of been in mourning. I've been in mourning for a few weeks now for, for reasons pertaining to the show. But it has been amazing. Um, in my opinion, then they landed the plane. Um, there like are they people, landed it well? They landed okay, it. Yeah. They landed it exceptionally. Okay, um, good. I think there are people that expect more because of hype around a show because it is so popular you expect certain things but overall um the show did exactly what it meant it it wanted to do from the moment of the pilot and Jesse Armstrong is a genius this whole cat the whole crew behind the show is amazing I can't wait to get to Alexander Skarsgård bro I'm I'm telling you he made this last season for me personally. I've heard. I can't wait um, to see it. It's great. Uh, so I'll leave it at that. Um, what have been your immediate takeaways from Succession? Roman's my guy. Roman. Roman. Kieran Culkin. Me and Abby both are real high on him right now. Romy Rome. Yeah. Fan of him. Uh, Kendall seems like a whiny bitch. Not overly fan of Kendall. I feel bad for him. I feel Kendall, like I'm going to continue to feel bad for him. But get used to it. Yeah. I just feel like Kid, that's in the, the Kendall cards. character. Jeremy Strong is like... It's amazing. I feel um, like he's going to have some hard knocks ahead. Um, just kind of get the stereotype vibe coming on with him. Yep. Uh, like Shiv and Tom a lot. Four episodes oh, in. Buckle up, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I know I know because I've seen memes, not spoiler memes. Yeah. I've muted it, but I know Greg becomes a big part of the show. Cousin Greg. Yep. Um, so, but we're four episodes in, so he's just kind of yeah, like a fly and, buzzing around right now. You, so, and you, then there's not enough Logan brian cox not really sure what to do with logan so, right now hopefully this will change like i'm not gonna this won't spoil anything because yeah. obviously the first season was basically meant to be focused around these kids mm -hmm. and i think it's been said they realized a a lot of these people a lot of people did not know these actors yeah did not really know jeremy strong barely knew Kieran Culkin. Yeah. Nobody knew Sarah Snook. No, Brian Cox would have been um, your most. And Brian Cox billing. is your yeah, your more top billing. And the the idea was to kill him off early yeah. on, and they realized what they had, and it just the rest is history, man. So give it some time. It's a slow burn, but dude, um, yeah, I don't even need the I don't even need the PSA for that. I we're in. We like it I'm, a lot. I'm and surprised it Abby likes it. Abby likes it. Well, shockingly clean too. Oh, what dude, it is it like I mean, language is language is stout, terrible there it. there are maybe two sex scenes yeah so i mean it's just all substance yeah so substance over style but it has got style so no i'm a succession believer now it's so awesome there and then finally same night um uh, there was the season finale or series finale how did that plane land i read a little bit of i loved it okay good i've seen some not not that it was bad but like Maybe as a whole, the series, something about the tone of the last couple episodes didn't quite match the rest of the series. Be, uh, I'm telling you, dude, it is. I wish you were watching it because I would. There's no way to talk about it without I know spoiling anything. I've had to basically avoid Twitter, but that's how I'm going to find out who comes back to Kentucky tomorrow. So yeah, I get or doesn't. It. So I've I, but everything's like six. Yep. Uh Bill Hader is amazing. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Even if it does happen to be a horror movie, which I really do think it will be, whatever next project he does, um, I'm I'm ready for it. I think it's amazing. Um, the The main thing I love about the series um, is, ironically, because we'll be talking about them in our next episode, uh, 
Um, it reminds me of the Coen Brothers, mm -hmm. like his style. Um, Bill Hader is just like a film nerd, yeah, and just uh, he pulls from it. And I think he had a real appreciation for the stories that he was trying to tell. Um, the show is is called Barry, but it was never truly focused around Barry. Yeah, um, it's basically a cause and effect of like what this main character has on these people and i mean it's it's awesome henry winkler is, is amazing I said, i've seen the, i only seen the first season all the way through so <sighs> yeah it's so good and now some other ones i might try to convince abby to watch after succession i don't know if abby would like this one i don't know either i, I don't think tell, but I, like I'm very, abby's very hit and miss on what she likes in general so the fact that sons of anarchy is one of her all-time favorite shows yeah so um, i don't i don't know but then she didn't like Justified. The so. last, the last season of Barry is is really the the criticism is warranted, but I think the people that don't like it were kind of always on the fence mm -hmm. um, on the show, and it just kind of like helped push them over yeah, the edge. The breaking point. Yeah. So, point, anyways, yeah. Barry, absolutely amazing. I'm excited to eventually go. Yeah. Watch it probably after Succession for me. Yeah. So that brings us to the news. Um, we don't have much on here. Just a few handful of these. So the first one, uh, to harp on The Little Mermaid. Um, it is thriving domestically, which is, you know, lame term for here in the United States. However, it is, it is, and actually technically Disney says it's underperforming in America too, but it's, it's a box office success based on the budget. But anyway, uh, it is woefully unperforming internationally. Um, and it's also being review bombed right now, um, which yeah. I, that doesn't happen to movies as often as it does video games. Uh, it's a common, you just expect it with video games. Now if the Xbox game does well. Sony bombs it. If a Sony games does well, Xbox bombs it. And then you have Nintendo over in the corner, just, you know, watching as the console yeah. wars wage. Uh, so you don't see it as much little mermaid. And the sad thing is they're being bombed and they're all racially charged. So that's a sad time. Yep. So regardless if you like or don't like the movie, Haley Bailey doesn't deserve any of the uh, criticism because she was fantastic in it. So um, it's just people are stupid. Uh, are you surprised it's not doing well or specifically inter internationally? I'm not. I get it. I'm You're taking a beloved classic yeah. and you did race swap, swap and do a few other swaps. I, I I would wager that is why it's not doing well overseas. Um, they may not be as receptive. Well, I know they aren't historically aren't as receptive to that kind of stuff. But. Yeah, I I have opinions. I don't think they're controversial by any means, but we can we can save it for for the next episode. Um, yeah. because I think overall, like it's you know what you're getting. And yeah. These companies can't be surprised whenever people react the way that they do. Yep. I so. I agree. Um. Also, I don't know what de what defines success because, I mean, it's having a great run right now, but mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, another movie we discussed earlier with Kandahar. Uh, with Kandahar's release, that put Gerard Butler with 70%, 70% of his films having a rotten rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, he I, I feel like that's just kind of like the type of actor he is. And he still gets budget before the films. Yeah. Because you know why? People love it's, a good action it's Gerald, film. It's, yeah, it's Gerard Butler. Before Rotten Tomatoes was like a huge thing. People, I mean, people loved Lullaby and Citizen. You know, I love I love Lullaby. It's rotten. Yeah, that's crazy. I know people just don't like a good action film if it's not John Wick anymore. So, yeah, I love Gerard Butler movies. Granted, 
some are better than others, but as a whole, like Greenland, uh, cop, even cop shop recently, I'm trying to think of the more recent ones. The thing about fun. the thing about like law abiding says, I would say draw Butler is not the like, he's a tie, he, he's not the moral compass of that. No, he's show. actually the bad guy. He's the, yeah, he is the villain, but he's, he's kind of the light shone on him in a way that's like, he's doing the right. He, you think he, he thinks he's doing the right thing. Yeah. So I think that's kind of why that movie does better. I think Gerard Butler serves as a better villain, maybe mm-hmm. slash. You would like Cop Shop yeah. then? Yeah, he plays like a. Is he good? Is he bad? Yeah, Where exactly. is he in the middle? Cop Shop's fun. Short too. It's a great time. Um, but no, I, I that's sad. But he doesn't care either. No. So definitely, you know. So just a fun little tidbit. Uh, so you get a John Wick. John Wick Five is coming. Uh, plus apparently a whole new trilogy. Uh, like John John Wick trilogy five six seven. Holy crap! Because the guys at Lionsgate said that they are making John Wick five with more to come. Those were their exact words. Wow. Um, how do you feel about this? I honestly, I mean, sure, I want more in John Wick, and I'm going. And obviously, the, if Chad and uh, Keanu are on board, the director and star, okay, I trust them. I mean, they did leave just enough ambigu- ambiguity, however you say it, um, in John Wick 4 to leave it open yeah. for another. Uh, but it didn't need it. They wrapped it up neat enough. I feel like if they were going to do this, I get it, they're cashing in while the John Wick press is printing money. Yeah. But I kind of would like some time, I think, before another John Wick. I but, mean, they're obviously they're not going to jump right into production of this. Yes, I, they are. Op- what? They're aiming for a 2025 release. So when is the Anadarmus? This either this fall or spring, next spring. We haven't even seen a trailer for it. No. So we get basically one I, year probably till we get our John Wick Five trailer. Depending on how it goes, I do think you have crossover potential. Which again, whenever you look at the bigger picture of like universe, quote unquote universes, like cinematic universes, I think that's that provides longevity. Yeah. Um, if they don't release it, if they don't release John Wick Five on five five twenty five, yeah, they missed a mark. I do look forward to um getting more background. It's like the high table, and the who is the dude? Who's the actor that plays the mediator for the high table? He's Clancy Brown. Is that yeah the the freaking voice on that guy? Clancy Crab, man. Yeah. Yeah, he plays Mister Krabs. Oh, do you know what? that? You're talking about the guy who did all the rules and read them yeah. out. Tall guy, white hair. Yeah. Yeah, it's Clancy Brown. That's Mr. Krabs? Yep. To this day, he plays Mr. Krabs? Sure does. You can fact check me later, but I know I'm right. Okay. He's also the main villain in uh, the final season of the reboot of Dexter. Oh, wow. Yep. Wait, the... Dexter cold-blooded or whatever. Yeah. The, the redo of the final season, basically. Good grief. Yeah, if you like Clancy Brown, then you should definitely watch the final Dexter season again. Yeah. Or watch it because he's the antagonist. Uh, Great pairing. I, what show was I watching that he was in? He's in everything. Oh, he was in Billions. Yeah, he's in Billions. He's also he in Last the- Look. <laughs> Last Look, so I was talking about earlier. Okay. Anyways, um, I would love to see more of like the high uh, high table. Um, I think there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it'd be good. I, I, I'm all for it. Give me three more. And if And here's the thing, though. Even if they're just like a, a star worse than what they normally are. Like just read his top sentence of the wiki page. 
see like seeing him like that yes i don't know there's something i i i i know mr Krabs, baby. it's been unlocked i remember now um but john wick five six seven yeah uh, why that's the best fun about impression why okay no um, Wait, are you wanting John Wick Five to go prequel route, or do you want to? I don't think they're gonna no. do that. No, 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 no. Okay, you, no. you just want to know, like, you want the high table to come I more want, into play now. Yes, like take me up the next, the next step, the next level of what this world has to offer us. A um, finished commander who never dies comes for to redeem. Sisu. No oh, God comes for John Wick. <laughs> That that might actually be the crossover that we did. That yeah. no, what I need is the Dead Reckoning Part Two to lead up to John Wick Five. Then you have Ethan Holy Shaw. Holy crap! I can't wait to talk about. I can't wait to talk about this. Uh, we'll have to do Mission Impossible and review yeah. before it comes out. Actually, that comes out too soon to do that. Anyway, um, next one. Martin Scorsese is just met the Pope. A he did just met the yes, Pope. Yes, I, I his, tweaked this up a little bit because it made more sense. Yeah, I see that now. It's like <laughs> wait, I had this backwards. I was like, wait a second. And he revealed that his next movie is tentatively said to be about Jesus. An epic about yeah. Jesus. So people immediately like, oh, it's going to be so blasphemous. Scorsese doing a Christian. They've never seen Silence, obviously, with Andrew Garfield, Liam Neeson, and uh, I haven't seen a- it. Adam Driver. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I mean, Very, he, he, it's reverent. He is, it's He's I mean, a devote Catholic. Yeah, he's, it's not going to be a blasphemous film. It's not yeah. going to be The Last Temptation of Christ. People think it's going to be like that. Yeah. This isn't that. This is, it'll be a... It's not, but but at the same time, it's not going to be the chosen. Yeah, think more Passion of the Christ, if anything. Yeah. yeah. It, but dialed to ten probably because it's Scorsese. It'll be better than Passion of the Christ. It's Scorsese. <laughs> so, um, and I doubt it's gonna. Well, I don't know what it's gonna. Be. We don't know what it's gonna be. But this is exciting. Yeah. And Scorsese's getting towards the end of his lifespan in general now, which is sad. Uh, so I'm excited to see what Scorsese can do on a, you know, a Jesus romp with with this. I mean, obviously, this is what's the word? The material, um, pre-existing material. Mm-hmm. Like this has happened. Yeah. Um, there's art. There's source material. That's the word yeah. I was looking for. Cheese. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of how he plays this out you should watch silence to see yeah. how reverent he is like he can, i have no doubt it'll yeah be he can balance reverence and yeah. scorsesiness listen if it, it, the definition of range in movies is martin scorsese yeah true is it scorsese it. or scorsese i said scorsese for years and then, and then you got corrected it said it's scorsese yeah i don't care so i've said it, scorsese. Sa- it sounds weird that sounds like a jonathan thing I, yeah i don't care what i say it's the way i almost say it anyway <laughs> i don't uh, care but, dawson yeah but i I'm excited for this. I, this is exciting to me. Awesome. And I hope he casts Leo <laughs> as Jesus. So it's Rick Dalton. Yeah. Yeah. Rick Dalton, Jesus. Jesus. So people have a great time with that. Uh, but no, I found that interesting. Almost as interesting as Will Ferrell playing John Madden in the upcoming biopic. I have zero interest in this. <laughs> this is great. I don't, I see, here's the thing. Like John Madden is a character like him. It's like his existence. Like, I have no interest as someone portraying someone that was such like already vivacious. Yeah. yeah. Like I feel like it diminishes more than anything. Like the, the Bob Ross, like everyone was losing their minds. I, I at one point instinctively, I probably was losing my mind over a Bob Ross 
flick, but like who Bob Ross was, was very much, you know, it, it just doesn't, it does not do any service to who that person was. Yeah. Um, a John Madden movie. Although I think there is some, there is something now I'm going to contradict myself. There is a part of me that thinks if this is like an origin, like, like, an origin of of John Madden's life and career that yeah. I could see that being interesting. I, I there's not enough details. I don't know what it fully is yet. Yeah, people keep saying like, "Well, if Will Ferrell does well here, we're gonna get Madden '98, Madden '99, well, Madden 2000." I Madden. could see this like depending on the tone that they go with. I could see this being like a semi pro. Mm, I'd actually of, probably like that better like, than a straight up biopic. Like the longest yard meets semi pro. I'd be I'd be all in for that. That'd be great. Yeah. But I think Will Ferrell has a chip on his shoulder after the uh, HBO Lakers documentary thing. I think he's going to go. He was supposed to be John C. He was supposed to play Bus. Is that why him and John C. Riley got in? A little bit. Well, because well, all of it goes back to him and Adam McKay's fallout, which they need to work out. Oh, no. It was Adam McKay. Yeah. Well, him and John C. Riley weren't great because that role went to John C. Riley. Well, John C. Riley was the, the casting for it. Did you ever watch it? No. It's, it's amazing. But Will Ferrell had it. And then Will Ferrell, him and Adam McKay fell out. That was Adam yeah. McKay project. He booted no. Will Ferrell from John C. Riley was. Which I did choice. not know Will Ferrell and Adam McKay produced and like wrote wrote half a season one of Succession. No, they're they're producers, the whole series, even up to now. Yes, but they don't talk anymore. I mean, I thought recently they they mended it. I thought I they did. It. But anyway, how much do executive producers really have to talk anyway? They're just forking out money. Really, yeah, they probably haven't stepped foot on set. Anyway, uh, I'll watch it. Anything will fare on, man. Uh, what I'll also watch is Tarantino uh, when he does, finishes his next movie, The Film Critic. Yes. Uh, it's his last movie, and he said he's going to make a turn to TV and books. He's going to do a lot of writing. Have you heard? Have you been reading the stuff about The, the Critic? Not too much. Uh, it is, I think, about... It is... Uh, it's about... Um, shoot. A lady, yeah? No. Um porno oh yeah it's I like bet there's gonna be some foot it, scenes it's basically like this this dude that reviews pornos i think um uh-huh. i could be totally wrong but i remember one of tarantino's descriptions of it was basically like if what's the main what's the char- main character's name in in taxi taxi driver whatever like if he De Niro, yeah, we'll just say De Niro. yeah like if he was oh, a film critic Oh my! And it's gonna be very unhinged. So, I gotta find. Uh, I look forward to it. It'll be great. Let's see. What is his name? Travis Bickle. Yes, Bickle. That was it. Um, and the last one. Oh, Tarantino. Did you know Tarantino had like wrote a write up for Casino Royale, and they didn't choose it. Tarantino did? Yeah. I couldn't see that. I read that today and he talked about it on so I didn't watch the interview, but he had a Casino Royale uh pitch and all that stuff ready to go and they didn't choose this. I imagine mean, Tarantino doing a 007 series. Uh, I can. They'd be great times. No, he's not British enough for me. Guy Ritchie though. Give me that. Hugh Grant. Yes. Let's go uh, let's go old bond and have Hugh Grant be our have our man. Um, last thing, the Jeff Bridges joke. You heard <laughs> it? Have you seen it? The Vanity Fair table, or yeah. it was like a 
where they were talking about video games and Sharon uh, Culkin's talking with uh, Pedro Pascal yes. and um, Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Bridges. That's that's basically all I remember. That's actually there's two there, others though. at the table. I can't it, remember, but who they, they don't are. matter. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Kieran, Kieran Culkin and Pedro Pascal were saying how they haven't played it and uh, Jeff and Br- played the last of the us. last of us series or the game and um, Jeff Bridges like, oh, it's a game. And he, <laughs> they're like, yeah. He goes. I got sucked into a video game one time. Pedro Pascal cross record. Oh, really? What game? He goes, uh, Tron. Tron. <laughs> and they were like, Oh wow, yeah. They didn't mean. And Jeff Bridges like was having time of his life. He was like hee hawing yes. in his head. It was a very the dude it kind of thing amazing. to say. It was a very and he sounded like he was blissed <laughs> too. So well, didn't he just come out as saying that wasn't he uh, battling pancreatic cancer or some kind of cancer? Unsure. He had some kind of medical issue recently that was kind of under the radar. And I think he's he's come out the other side of it now. That's so. good. But yeah, he sounded like he was um high or drunk. Yeah. On uh on on the round table. But yeah, but I laughed out loud true. when I first saw that because he said it was such gusto and uh, everybody missed it completely. It was great. Because like the, when he said, I got the moment he said, I got sucked into a video game once, I immediately knew where the joke was going. Oh, was no, so funny I, is, I was thinking he was going to say, like, freaking, um, freaking Duck Hunter, like on Atari or something like super old. Like, you know, when he said that because he used the word sucked in, yes. I knew where he was going with it. I just started busting out laugh, laughing because Pedro Pascal cried. Really, what game? So and I was like, was "Oh hooked, my gosh, they don't know. Line. They don't know." He's I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And then they were like, "Oh, yeah. oh, wow, you These are guys, old." Th- those guys have never seen Tron. Or- no, they have no clue what the premise is. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So that's been our, uh, which will now be our Wednesday episode this week. Uh, so this Thursday, uh, or maybe Friday, depending on how we try to Who do knows? it this week. Uh, we'll be discussing our new Coen Brothers film, which is be the tragedy of Macbeth and Raising Arizona. And our top number two will be kind of talking about what we kind of touched on today. We're saving for it. Um, source material. Our thoughts on such things as gender swapping, race swapping, race swapping uh, for established characters, um, plot changes and remakes and reboots. For example, a Little Mermaid with Eric and stuff like that. Yeah. Just a general conversation around source material, source material and the changes they make and uh, kind of just is it beneficial? That kind of stuff. So that's yeah. what we'll be discussing on uh, our next episode. Um, so yeah, I think that's I think that's enough for the preview. Man. So if you liked what you heard today and your ears are tingling, your body's numb, you don't know what's going on right now, that means that you've loved your time with us today. No. And you need to like, subscribe, and leave us a five. Either um, seek medical attention immediately. Yeah. If you can't feel your right arm. Or is it your left arm? Left. Left arm. That's out of your heart. <laughs> Yeah, if you can't feel your left arm and your speech is slurred and you're not drinking a Monaco tequila sun crush. <laughs> the right arm means you're enjoying this podcast. Yes, though. if your right arm is numb and you have a boner, like, subscribe, no! and leave us a five. Wow. <laughs> uh, or or if your lady bits are tingling, whatever you are. Jesus. Like, subscribe, and leave us a five. Dad, if you've made it this far, I apologize. <laughs> so uh I'm not even going to make the joke I was about to make. Oh, yep. So, in uh, the pod. In the pod. All right. We will see you guys soon. See ya. See ya.